You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to episode 93 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on Star Wars The Last Jedi, the Han Solo film, all the other new and exciting upcoming projects in the Star Wars universe, and especially on this episode, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, oh my goodness, we are so excited to talk about this. Uh, let's just jump right into it. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Doing good. It's been a real fun couple of days for me because yesterday I got to see the Yankees play for the first time in seven years. The day before that, I got to go to Disneyland in the launch bay, had some Death Trooper helmets on display, which was so cool to see in person. Like The only thing better than seeing it would be to put it on my head and wear it. <laughs> <laughs> but before all that happened, we got an amazing, amazing trailer for Battlefront 2, which kicked off a great couple of days. So yeah, you're right, man. It's going to be real fun to talk about it. Yeah, as I'm sure all the video game fans out there are aware, uh, E3 has been going on this week, you know, the big video game convention where they show all the new trailers and stuff. Um, but yeah, they kicked off uh, Saturday with uh, EA, had their EA Play event going on, um, and they showed a gameplay trailer for Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, and then had, you know, a big demo with, you know, like 40 people there in the room all going at it, and they were commentating on it and everything. Um so yeah, man, let's let's just jump right in and break this down. I know usually we start with the movie stuff and uh, you know save the the video game stuff for you know later in the show. Um, we do have some you know Last Jedi rumors and leaks and that sort of stuff to talk about. Um, a lot of it left over from our last episode when we were going to talk about it and uh, just sort of ran out of time at the end because it was getting late. And we'll see how we do this time because uh, we got another kind of late start here because I've been working late all week um, and we got a ton of stuff to talk about but um yeah i i was like we just got to start this one off right with the big stuff and uh talk about battlefront 2 and those glorious clone troopers and battle droids oh, um yes. <laughs> man yeah i mean let's let's kind of just break down the trailer first and then we can talk about the um what we saw in the actual gameplay uh demo and some of the the news that's been announced um as far as what's going to be in the game and that kind of thing um but the trailer you know, if you haven't seen it, which if you haven't, I mean, 
what are you doing? Go check it out. Um, <laughs> I'm sure most of you probably have if you're listening to this, but even if you're not a, a big gaming fan or anything like that, um, still, like, if you love Star Wars, this is just a really cool Star Wars trailer in general. Um, you know, the beginning of the trailer, the action is set on feed uh, with clone troopers versus battle droids. You know, you see, well, actually, first of all, I think, you know, Tim, we got to mention that shot right at the beginning of the trailer where it kind of flashes from like first order stormtroopers to regular stormtroopers to clone troopers on Camino. Um, and that clone trooper shot is now our, you know, cover banner photo, whatever you want to call it on Twitter. Like <laughs> just some really cool imagery right there to start off. Boy, I got to say, this is one of the coolest openings for a star Wars trailer ever. I mean, yeah, it's hard for a movies to do that because, you know, <laughs> all the different eras involved in this, but the way it began was kind of showing the history or the evolution of troopers in the Star Wars galaxy. I mean, it goes to, does it backwards words with the first order stormtroopers and clone troopers. But man, I was, I was sold on the trailer right there in the first five seconds. That was just such a cool, cool way to begin this new trailer for battlefront too. I mean, this is something where they kind of have teases for the trailer before they release it. They did for this one too. They were showing like the battle droids coming out of the tanks and the carriers. But this is something where I'm glad they didn't leak this out because this was a surprise to me seeing the how the transition from trooper to trooper was, and it was just so so awesome, perfectly capturing how cool it's going to be to play in all three eras of Star Wars in this game. It just looks so so awesome, and the visuals on it, geez, I know it was a CG cutscene for this trailer, but still, it just looks awesome seeing those troopers in that amount of detail. I was just like blown away right in the first few seconds of this trailer. It was just like really really awesome way to begin this new trailer i loved it yeah little known secret about me and tim i'm not sure if we've ever mentioned this on the show before but in case you guys didn't know um we like clone troopers yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, i don't think we said that at all in the past 92 episodes <laughs> <laughs> right um yeah that was definitely top of my wish list for for battlefront 2 and not necessarily something i was expecting to get um because even you know when they announced that there would be multiple eras i was thinking like oh well that might just be the sequel trilogy because everybody's focused on that now um i mean just playing clone wars battles was like you know that that's just something i really wanted to do but wasn't necessarily expecting to be able to do of course we've known for a while now um well at least since celebration um when they had the the big reveal panel for it there like we knew that this stuff was going to be in here but this is our first time seeing the actual clones and droids in action in you know in game in the engine and everything and uh this just did not disappoint um so yeah i mean it, you see them deploying on feed and it launches right into you know all-out warfare uh, with the clones and the droids battling on the streets, and you got the droids in the AAT tanks. You've got clones riding on ATRTs. Um, pleasant surprise to hear Matt Wood and D. Bradley Baker voicing the yeah. droids and the clones from the Clone Wars series. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that hadn't even really occurred to me. Um, I guess just because this is you know, they're, they're definitely going for more of like a sort of photo real, you know, true to the movies kind of look. I mean, the Clone Wars battles in here aren't like in the visual style of the Clone Wars animated series. And while I've always thought it would be really cool to just get a Battlefront game, uh, you know, based off of the Clone Wars, I guess I never really 
expected to you know to get a, a battlefront game like this where you're playing like the movie versions of these characters and have d bradley baker and matt wood doing the voices but i freaking love it yeah just this took the trailer up to 11 <laughs> for me because i was just being blown away by the visuals but then when you hear d bradley baker's voice as a clone troopers it like brought it all back home it's like yes yeah, it's so cool that they're pretty much really giving this for the fans of this clone wars and the clone wars eras because uh, i was actually assuming when the clone troopers uh, were revealed they're gonna be in the game that they're just gonna be voiced by uh, tim morrison yeah since he does the voice for boba fett in the first game why not just have him do the clones for the other one so i don't know if there is any particular reason why they're not using them for the clones and <laughs> i've actually been going back and forth on this with my brother because he really wanted to hear <laughs> timmy or morrison back doing clone voices again but I mean, he likes steve bradley baker too don't get me wrong i was like uh, he was kind of hoping to hear Tim Morrison back. I was like, nah, D. Bradley Baker is perfect anyway. His voice is just going to be so cool to be hearing in the background that you're playing in that era and just hearing the dialogue he has and that voice is going to be so, so cool. And it's, yeah, just really, like I said, just, I'm just glad they're really paying attention to that detail for fans of this, of the Clone Wars era because in, they could have, even if scheduling was the reason why Tim Morrison couldn't do the voice for the clones. I mean, they could have just went somewhere else to get in you know, a generic trooper voice like they have done in the past for clones and some other, uh, whether it's like TV shows or like the micro series. And I'm not sure if the first Battlefront game had Tim Morrison. I know the second one did, but. Yeah, well, even in the second one, um, he he like narrates the voice of sort of the main clone trooper in the single player campaign mode. But yeah. then when you're playing, you know, when you're just playing the game and the clone troopers are saying, you know, watch those wrist rockets and, you know, watch out for the super battle droids and like all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure that's not his voice. Um, okay. At least, I mean, yeah. as far as I can remember, like it sadly has been a while since I've played, you know, the original battlefront two. that used to be like my most played game ever still might be, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think he does the voices for all those clones. I could be wrong. But, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because he does, I believe, still does the voice for Boba Fett, at least in this game. And I would assume Jango Fett, too, if he ends up being, like, a playable hero for the Separatists, which I think would be a big missed opportunity if he's not. Um, yeah, because kind of what I'm thinking of is, like, I mean, if Tim Morrison, obviously still doing Boba Fett, we heard it in... Uh, the gameplay footage for Battlefront 2. But I'm wondering if, you know, they had, they just recorded a lot of dialogue for him for Battlefront Run, and they just kind of used whatever they didn't use in the previous game for this one to give him a little bit of new dialogue, and they just, mm -hmm. you know, had D. Bradley Baker come in and do all the clone voices for it. But it's going to be interesting in case, you know, if we hear dialogue when a hero character like Ray is on the battlefield with Boba Fett's there too, if, you know, if he mentions Ray by name. You know, sometimes he does that with other characters who pop up on the other side yeah. of the heroes. If he mentions that, then that'd probably lead you to believe that maybe, you know, he recorded some new dialogue for the second game. But I don't know. And, but I just think it's uh, really cool. That I, I personally think the reason they're bringing D. Bradley Baker to the voice is for the fans of the Clone Wars. And mm -hmm. he's been doing this voice for, you know, six seasons of the TV show. And it is the voice that I think most of us, I think for me now, at least, I associate his voice more with the clones than Temuel Morrison, not because I think he's better per se, but just that we've heard it more. Like I said, six seasons of the Clone Wars, Rebels now, like 
when I read comic books with clone troopers in it, I hear Dee Bradley's Baker's voice. Exactly. Or I do Tim Morrison. So it, to me, it just fits and it just feels natural to it because like, when I think of clone troopers, I think of Dee Bradley Baker's voice. So it was just a really, really nice touch that the developers are putting into the game. It's just going to make it even better. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, for me, like I said, it was one of those things that I hadn't even really thought about. Like, I'm not sure what I was expecting the clones to sound like, but when I heard Dee Bradley Baker, I was totally surprised and then quickly was like well duh that makes a lot of sense <laughs> um and like you said it is it draws you right in and makes you feel almost like you're watching a clone wars episode and it was actually funny too because also hearing matt wood do the voice of the droids i think the first time i watched the trailer that actually i don't want to say took me out of it but like it it almost seemed a little bit jarring because again i'm comparing this to like all the many, many hours of Battlefront 2 that I've played. Um, and as much as I've, you know, gotten used to Matt Wood doing the voice of the battle droids in the Clone Wars, I was never necessarily a huge fan of it, of, you know, the, the droids sounding definitely more sort of cartoony and incompetent, I guess you could say, um, than, you did, than they sounded in the movies, um, at least in episodes one and two, like, you, you could kind of tell they started going down that road in episode three with the voices as well. Um, but just in the Clone Wars, like, it's kind of hard to take them seriously, but you're not really supposed to take them seriously because, like, they're kind of just there for comic relief, especially in the early seasons. And, you know, the main villains like Grievous and Ventress and Dooku and all those guys, like, those are, you know, the real threats. But when you're in the middle of these intense battles in Battlefront and, you know, you're playing as a battle droid and you're trying to, you know be a, a menacing threat and kill a bunch of clones and stuff and then you know you hear these high-pitched voices going oh no there's clones i'm like <laughs> at first i was like eh, is that gonna be like too goofy is that gonna pull me out of it but i've already gotten used to it just from watching you know more gameplay footage and stuff and i'm like if anything you know it might add a little extra humor to the game but still like you said for those of us who are fans of the clone Wars series i think it's just gonna make it feel authentic um and yeah. it's just they're I, I feel like they're really catering to sort of all demographics of Star Wars fans, um, mm -hmm. especially sort of the like the fact that you've still got Tamara Morrison voicing Boba Fett and, you know, presumably Jango Fett as well. Um, it's like, yeah, it might be kind of jarring like how come he's doing the voice of Boba Fett but then somebody else is doing the voice of all of Boba Fett's clones in the same game but then it's like if you like one or the other well they're both in there or if you like both of them you get to hear both voices so um and you know we've got all these new characters we've got all the eras it's like they're just giving us everything here and I love it yep I pretty much agree with what you said about the battle droids because I would prefer if they sounded more like they did in episode one and two not so goofy, like, as you mentioned, there for comic relief. But when I heard it, it didn't really take me out. I just thought it was cool they're using, you know, voices from the Clone Wars. <laughs> I just think, it, you know, as I'm watching it here, I just got a cool feeling. Yeah, this, like, they're really listening to the fans who really wanted this stuff in the game as far as that era. And they're, you know, they're not skimping on anything. They're having it look awesome. They're getting the voices that everyone's used to. So... Yeah, I could live with the little goofiness with the battle droid just because, again, kind of in the same vein as the clone troopers are just so used to it by now. And it would feel a little different <laughs> if they did sound it, uh, 
differently than what we're used to from the Clone Wars with Matt Wood doing their voices. So, and you mentioned it too. It's almost going to be like playing episodes of the Clone Wars when uh, you got the voices that you're used to from the series in the actual game. So, yeah, I think it's great that they're using both D. Bradley Baker and Matt Wood for the voices of the clones and droids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get to hear them doing the voices. Then you see, um, like, Naboo starfighters and droid, vulture droids and uh, Republic V-wings all dogfighting in the skies over Theed, which that was really cool to see. I actually really liked the design of Naboo starfighters. And mm-hmm. that was, again, just kind of like a, a nice surprise almost that I wasn't expecting to actually get to play those in Battlefront. Um and it's even gonna be with, cool if you're gonna be a clone trooper piloting it too. <laughs> well, to... yeah, and see that's the thing. Like I wasn't even that excited for Theed because um I mean not that it's not a cool location or anything, but I'm like, there was never a battle of the Clone Wars in Theed, at least not that we ever saw, you know, on the series or anything. Um so, you know, I was looking forward more to you know, Kashyyyk or Geonosis or Kamino or, you know, stuff like that. And so the fact that they were showing off Theed here, I was like, eh, okay, we'll see how this goes. And the fact that I got this excited from, you know, watching clones and droids battle on Theed, I'm like, I'm going to be even more excited when I get to play the game and fight in actual locations of Clone Wars battles, um, you know, that we know and love from the movies and the show and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, just seeing all this stuff in Theed, like I said, the having the Naboo Starfighter there was a really nice touch. Um, and that looked like it's going to be really cool. You know, the other ships, um, you know, looking pretty awesome. Um, and of course, we, you know, we talked about too, even with the last Battlefront game, how, um, I mean, one of the, probably the biggest universal acclaim for that game was like the the visuals and the audio and how sort of authentic everything was and you know the blasters sounded exactly like the blasters you know from star wars and looked just like them and stuff and so going right along with those authentic sound effects you see all these clones and droids fighting in the streets and this actually might have been my favorite part of the trailer it's when um, they're showing off. Oh, because they're also showing all these different units because they're um, classes in this game. And we'll talk about that, uh, you know, a little bit later once we finish just kind of going over the trailer. We'll talk about all the updates of, you know, what's going into it and stuff. But they show off like a clone heavy gunner pulls out this big, uh, you know, heavy repeating blaster chain gun thing, uh, like think, you know, heavy from uh, the Rookies episode (laughs) and starts just lighting up the battle droids. And it sounds exactly like that blaster from Clone Wars. And I was just like, I am so happy right now. I know. Yeah. I just love, it just takes you back to certain Clone Wars episodes and characters like you were mentioning heavy, and I was thinking of Hard Case from the Umbara arc. He was the one on yeah. that big, like, Gallic Gun, too. I think it would be awesome if they kind of throw a little bit of those references as far as names, just like in the chatter that you hear sometimes in the game while you're playing. I think that would be pretty cool just to hear some familiar clone names. But yeah, I just uh, seen, I mean, it started off when we we're talking about that first shot how the trailer began where the transition from the First Order Stormtroopers all the way back to the Clone Troopers. And those were the phase one helmets and i just love the fact that we're going to be getting all those different types of armors because i personally love the phase two helmets which is what you mainly see in the battle of thieve gameplay but i just can't wait to be playing all these different cool clone trooper costumes because they're all really really awesome and like you said um on full display on here in the battle of thieve with the different types of classes that we're going to be playing what the troopers are going to look like when you choose a particular class and even seeing the like officer clones that we saw in the Clone Wars too. When you pick that class of the officer, they look just like uh, 
Tim Morrison does from the movie. The detail on the character models is so good on that when yeah. you're playing. So, man, it's just going to be awesome to see all the different clones you're going to be able to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, the clones kind of take out the droids and clear the streets and you see a squad of them walking along and uh, he's like, sector is clear. Suddenly in comes a flying spinning double bladed lightsaber and wipes out the rest of his unit. And he goes, not clear, not clear. And the lightsaber <laughs> spins back and Darth Maul grabs it. And suddenly a whole bunch more droids come up behind him. And then we see some shots of Maul just running through and wrecking people. Um, man, this game is going to be so freaking cool. And, um, of course this, you didn't really hear this in the trailer, but through some of the gameplay videos that I watched afterwards, uh, Sam Witwer is voicing Darth Maul in this as well. Um, not that we would expect anything less, but man, it's like Clone Wars reunion party up in here. Yeah, <laughs> that was such a surprising but awesome moment at the same time when that Darth Maul appeared. At the same time, too, I gotta say, it did bring back some bad memories of Pong Krell just wiping out stormtroopers or clone troopers with his double-bladed lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I could take Darth Maul doing a little more than Pong Krell, but yeah, man, this looks so, so cool. And one thing I gotta say right off the bat, I, I haven't seen too much complaint about this, but when it comes to the multiplayer side of aspect of Battlefront 2, I mean, who cares about canon and continuity and what makes sense or not multiplayer is just to have fun and just live out different star wars i mean that was the tagline for battlefront one live your star wars fantasies and as crazy as that might be it's going to be you know even more so in the second one when you got darth maul fighting off against clone troopers when he should be dead <laughs> during the clone wars or well except dead. he's not yeah <laughs> well a spider ball <laughs> yeah be spider ball right there but uh yeah just seeing him be able to be able to play as Darth Maul and then so this is what I'm curious about too I think someone mentioned how for just for this demo they're putting a lot of different hero characters to play as because you had Boba Fett you had Rey coming in to battle each other it just made me think are they going to be you know that loose as far as how many characters or what hero characters you can play depending on your era because I'd be all for it I mean if you're going to be able to play Boba Fett Darth Maul Rey all on one map like I said when it comes to multiplayer I think anything should be able to go just have fun and do crazy stuff. So hopefully that's the case. But I thought I heard during the some of the different playthrough videos that this is just for the demo and you might not be able to pick just any character from any era in the specific maps that you're playing on. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just a cool concept regardless <laughs> what they decide to go with when you see this cool footage of Maul mowing down clone troopers. And then you see Boba Fett come down, which is a little weird, I got to say, in some of the videos of seeing Boba Fett kill clones. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like that's one thing I wonder if like they'll change up, maybe have it be Jango Fett, which would be even weirder, since he's <laughs> the main clone template, but just to fit the era and all that. So it'll be interesting. But man, when Maul showed up on that trailer, it was just so, so awesome. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I definitely have no problem with Darth Maul killing clone troopers, because at least it's all within the prequel era. Um, and again, just from previous Battlefront games, like I'm used to playing clone troopers and fighting against Darth Maul um, from the original Battlefront 2. Um, and, you know, as long as they're sort of era specific, <clears throat> um, as far as the hero crossover, I mean, I heard that same thing that you did that, um, yeah, in the demo, you've got like, even though it was just clones versus droids, those were the only two factions that we saw um, the playable heroes for 
the Separatist side were Darth Maul and Boba Fett, and for um, the Republic side, it was Rey and Han Solo. But they did say that that was just for demo purposes, for um, you know, for this E3 demo to just be able to show off some of the different heroes. Um, and that I, it sounded to me like they haven't decided yet if they're going to do that in the actual game or not. I personally am in the camp of, I would rather keep it era specific. Um, I like kind of having that authenticity to it. And when you're, uh, you know, playing out these big Clone Wars battles and I mean, for me, I like to try to feel like I'm sort of in those moments, you know, um, and imagine like, you know, like we'd be playing out the Battle of Geonosis or the Battle of Kashyyyk or something like that. And I mean, it would be one thing if it was just like a big random sandbox type match, but it's like when you're a clone trooper and you're engaged in like a really intense shootout with a bunch of battle droids and then suddenly Ray comes running across and jumps in the fight. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> um I think that would, I mean, that kind of thing pulls me out of it a little bit and makes it feel like, oh, I'm playing a video game right now. Whereas I like to really get sort of engrossed in that feeling of, you know, sort of reliving these uh, epic Star Wars moments that could have actually happened. Um, that said, I would love to see sort of a, a heroes versus villains type mode, which, you know, they had in the first Battlefront and they had in the original Battlefront 2, man, the, these naming things are going to get so confusing over the course of this episode. Like <laughs> talking about Battlefront 2 and Battlefront 1 and then the original Battlefront 2, which came out on the Xbox One. I mean, the the first Xbox, <laughs> you, know, you see where I'm going here. Um, well, we don't have to worry about that once Battlefront 3 comes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, just Battlefront 3 will bring back sad memories of the one that got canceled. Um, but uh, where was I going with that? Um, oh, yeah, the, the heroes and villains type match. Um, I would love to see something like that, where, like I said, it's just a big open sandbox thing where everybody gets to play as a hero, and it's like 12 on 12 or something, and you got Rey and Luke Skywalker and Yoda and you know, Obi-Wan and Chewie and, you know, just mashing up everybody from the different eras, you know, taking on Darth Maul and Darth Vader and Kylo Ren all at the same time. Like, that would be a lot of fun. Um, but for, you know, the sort of standard, you know, assault type modes or whatever, where you got, you know, the 20 on 20 with all the troops on the ground and stuff, I would like to keep that to having the, the heroes be era specific. Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from with that, but I just I'm a little more lenient when it comes to the multiplayer stuff. Where, yeah, just do whatever you want to have fun <laughs> with those type of modes. But at the same time, I get where you're coming from. Where for those want to be really immersive into the multiplayer match too, how that could be a little distracting when someone from like fifty some odd years later down the road <laughs> is popping up in the Clone Wars era. So yeah, yeah, part of me actually thinks that that's how they will go. Where in most of the multiplayer matches, it will be era specific as far as heroes and villain characters. And like you said, there's probably going to be a big heroes versus villain mode that's going to let you do whatever you want and have characters fight each other no matter what era it's from. So I guess it will kind of be, you know, a little split down the middle type of thing of having a little bit of, you know, who cares about continuity at the same time respecting it as well. Yeah. That, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I think it's going to kind of depend on 
what the fans want. I mean, I haven't really gotten a good sense so far of like how many people are in one camp or the other. Um, but you know, I guess we'll see as we get closer to release and find out more about the game and stuff. Um, but anyway, so in the trailer, you know, we see, uh, some of that feed gameplay and then, um, some, you know, it cuts to showing some other stuff. Um, first and foremost, we get a shot of Kashyyyk with a clone trooper and a Wookiee walking towards a landing, you know, separatist dropship. And, uh, that's the first time we'd gotten confirmation that Kashyyyk was going to be in this game. That's going to be awesome. I've actually got that shot set as my desktop on my computer right now <laughs> like that was one of the planets we were hoping for we were speculating what prequel era planets could they use Kashyyyk was pretty high on the list yeah it looks so cool oh, the only thing that could have been better about that shot if we just weren't looking at their backs and if they were facing <laughs> towards the you know camera shot but man it's, the environments look awesome on Kashyyyk you see like the a Wookiee and some that looks like Phase One clone trooper helmets, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of hard to tell, but that's the impression I got. Maybe they're Phase Two, but um, no, nah, that's Phase Two for sure. You think so? Yeah, I, like I said, I've got it as my desktop on my computer right now. I'm looking at the back of it. It doesn't have that fin sticking up off the top. Okay, because from just looking at the, I have the trailer on right now. It's not a full screen, so it's a small window of it but it kind of looked like i saw the fin there but i'll take your word for it since <laughs> you've seen it more than i have if it's your desktop wallpaper yeah well i mean the phase two, and i actually have a bunch of battlefront screenshots that they like officially released um it's got the battlefront 2 logo on it and stuff i have like a folder of them on my computer and it just cycles through them as my background like once every hour and it just happens to be on the kashik one right now as we're talking about it um but yeah i mean the the phase two clones have kind of like a little raised fin on top it's just you know, very short and like runs all the way along the top of the helmet instead of kind of flying off at the back like the phase one does. Okay. And yeah. the hair on that Wookiee looks really good too. Yeah, I just can't wait to, you know, hopefully go on like the different, like the the trees, the, I was going to say tree houses, which they kind of are, but <laughs> <laughs> just the stuff of the locations where we saw in Revenge of the Sith where like Yoda was talking with Chewie and Tarful. We could play on there, and then this is kind of like how the indoor mat was in Battlefront 1, just having that option to go on the high ground, on the low ground, fighting in the forest. Hopefully the beach is on there too. That's mm -hmm. going to be amazing <laughs> to fight on that, because that was one of my favorite levels in the original Battlefront 2, was fighting on that beach of Kashyyyk. And if it's just like that, but only bigger with all these different spots you can go on the map it's gonna be so much fun man. yeah and i i think we will get that um because again if it was just in the jungle then it wouldn't be that much different from endor exactly yeah but i think having that beachfront i think is gonna be um i don't know kind of a big draw of that kashik map um plus you know getting to play as wookies um Which and they did confirm they did confirm that yeah um so yeah, we got Kashyyyk. Uh, there was another shot of Death Troopers on Yavin 4. Um, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a shot of like a First Order Snowspeeder uh, flying through the snow on Starkiller Base. Um, an awesome shot of Yoda and Darth Maul, you know, sort of leaping towards each other for a lightsaber duel in the Theed Palace. And then it cuts right from that to uh, Rey and Kylo Ren having a lightsaber duel in what looks like like the basement of Maz's castle. Um, which, and you know, I thought of you when I was looking at that, Tim, because I was like, 
man, why does that look so cool? Like Ray and Kylo fighting like that. And I was like, oh yeah, because this is actually sort of the first time we've seen Kylo Ren in a lightsaber duel with his helmet on. Yep. <laughs> man, um, I thought the... I, I was made... This trailer was already made for me when the you started off with the stormtroopers going back to the clone troopers. Then you see all the awesome stuff on the and all that battles taking place there. But then we get all this stuff after that. I was like, man, did I forget? If, did I edit this trailer myself? Did I put <laughs> everything I wanted to see? Massive focus on Clone Wars, clone troopers in the prequel era, death troopers on Yavin, which they I don't believe they said anything, but if they're showing in this trailer, I gotta believe that they're gonna be playable on some maps as hopefully the basic troopers you get to be. That'll be amazing. I oh, can't heck yeah. play as them. Well, I, see, here's the thing, and again, we'll get into this later when we talk about um, some of the actual gameplay elements and the, the classes and stuff, but I think they're gonna be like those unlockable reinforcement characters. Okay. Kind yeah, of like kind of like the super battle droids. Um, yeah, or the clone jet sense, troopers since you know they're not a whole battalion of death troopers or an elite squad it's like maybe yeah. six per squad so that wouldn't make sense but it's the opportunity to hopefully get to play him more instead of you know being once you play krennic and the original battlefront one you have the option to spawn as a death trooper sometimes I didn't have much success with that so if i could play him more as a regular basis in this game that would be great but yeah those montages of the different levels and action we're going to see in this game is just so cool i mean we forgot to mention that shot of boba fett just mowing down some rebel soldiers which looks mm -hmm. to be on tatooine which is so cool and then yeah like i said it culminates in that awesome shot of just kylo ren and ray facing off against each other and masking out his castle and it just looks so so good yeah Man. And that's not even the end of it, too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it looks like the end, and it goes to the logo, and then it comes back and shows just a few seconds of footage from the campaign um, with, uh, you know, Iden Versio, the Inferno Squad Commando, um, getting orders from, you know, the red-robed guy with the hologram face of Palpatine, like, um, and I think we saw, was that in the Shattered Empire comic? Mm -hmm. yes it was okay yeah i was like i've seen that somewhere before yeah it's been in quite a few different uh, star wars well not just books like the novels and uh, aftermath mm -hmm. in the last one uh empire's end they mentioned that and then shattered empire yeah you got to see him and i forget what issue number it was but there were definitely a presence in there which is cool that they're including in this game because i just think it's such a cool idea for palpatine to have where <laughs> if he dies you know his presence is still there, and he still has some orders to give in case that does mm -hmm. happen. <laughs> and we're going to see more of it in this game, which is cool. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really excited for the campaign in this game, too. Because um, just thinking about the amount of time that that campaign is going to span, like the whole 30 years in between, um, you know, the Return of the... Or, yeah, Return of the Jedi and uh, The Force Awakens and you know, just all the ground to cover in there and knowing, you know, just some of the big events that have been hinted at in the books and stuff. Um, I mean, I'm sure I, I would like bet money at this point that we're going to play like the actual Battle of Jakku. Um, and I know we kind of already got to play it in Battlefront 1 in, you know, the Jakku DLC, but there was really no story context to it. Mm -hmm. um, it was just sort of them selling it as sort of backstory for the force awakens and it's like oh you saw you know all this wreckage on jakku well here's you know the actual battle but again it's like we got to sort of fight in that battle but there was not really any story context given for it 
Um, and so in this campaign, I'm sure we'll get sort of the definitive version and actually get to play it from beginning to end and like see who wins and not just have it be a random, you know, multiplayer one side or the other can win. So that's going to be really cool. Um, and you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other cool story beats along the way. Um, but man, this trailer, like you were saying, it was just like full of surprises, which I was not expecting. Like, and I loved the first trailer for the game that we got at um, Celebration, but, you know, we had seen that leaked teaser um, that was like 30 seconds that, yeah. you know, had leaked out a couple days before, and I was watching going, oh, man, I hope it's longer than that, which it was, but still, I felt like I had kind of seen most of the big stuff from the teaser, and that's probably, you know, my fault for watching a leaked teaser when I could have just waited for the panel, but um, still, like you know, I kind of knew what to expect going into it. And I thought I knew what to expect going into this one. Cause I was like, Oh, well, you know, we're going to see clones and droids and stuff. But then again, like everything from, you know, the hearing the voices of the clones and the droids and just some of the different weapons and sound effects and vehicles and stuff that I wasn't expecting. And, you know, the, the new planets like Kashyyyk and Yavin and the lightsaber duels and the reveal of Darth Maul, which, you know, we knew he was going to be in the game, but still just, you know, the moment where he first appears in the trailer, like there were just so many moments where I was watching it that made me go, whoa, that's really cool. So, um, overall really, you know, well done trailer. It's gotten me super excited for the game. Um, yeah, good stuff. I mean, they really outdid themselves as far as, you know, getting you more excited for Battlefront 2 because we were pretty darn excited after Celebration. We liked that trailer, and I think we were more excited about the reveals that we got than what was necessarily shown in the trailer, like knowing we're getting prequel-era content, clone troopers based on that concept art of them on Kamino. Oh, yeah, easily. But then seeing that actually in motion in the game and how you're going to play it just took it to a whole nother level. I mean... Man, <laughs> just mm -hmm. everything I was hoping for and, and then some was in this trailer. I was expecting, you know, because they tease how they're going to showcase the Battle of Theed and, you know, it's going to take place in the Clone Wars era and they just showed tons of that and it looked amazing. But like I said, getting the uh, reveals of the other planets and different characters are going to be like the Death Troopers in there, which was an awesome surprise for me, <laughs> shockingly. But yeah, this had so much cool stuff in it. I mean, I still have a hard time sometimes thinking what's my favorite part of the trailer, but I'm just going to go back to that beginning. I just love how it was edited and put together the transition from first order to stormtroopers all the way back to the clone troopers on Camino, because it's one thing just to show the clone troopers in their helmets, but showing it on Camino just made it even more special for me. It's my favorite star Wars planet. The visuals of it is so cool. And we're seated in the trailer, but I cannot wait to see Camino in actual, you know, gameplay footage once we mm -hmm. see the battles taking place on that because we know it's coming unless it's concept art stuff that didn't make the final cut but i have a hard time believing that if they're showing so much of it <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah but i'm just so jazzed to get able to see that planet again and it looks like we're getting a good amount of prequel era planets and maps to play on because that was something we were speculating about it before like how much are we going to get is it going to be split you know maybe three planets per era maybe a little more but you know we already got three confirmed right now with the Camino and uh, Kashyyyk. And is it, am I forgetting any of that? Like with concept art and stuff? But... No, those are all that have been confirmed so far, as far as I know, um, at least just from the trailers and screenshots and concept art and stuff that we've seen. Um, 
and honestly if it's just those three at launch like the you know the only other one that i'm really really hoping for is i will be disappointed if there's no geonosis um yeah just because again like when it comes to living out your star wars battle fantasies like what's the biggest clones versus droids battle that we've ever seen on screen it's the battle of geonosis so how can you skip that one yeah part of me would be a little disappointed too but then at the same time like you said i'll be pretty happy with the choices we have here with Kashyyyk, Kamino, and Thede. Because Thede's the one that seems a little weird at first, because like I said, we've never seen any battles take place on there. We've had, you know, the battle on Naboo between the Gungans and the droids, but it wasn't actually on Thede. But once you see it in action, it looks like a very cool location to play on. Yeah. And you know, it's it's funny how they almost try to tie in, like obviously like clones and droids fighting on Kamino or on Thede isn't going to be canon, but they almost try to tie it into the canon a little bit. Because if you um, watch like the gameplay demos and stuff um, and you hear just kind of some of the the dialogue that you hear from the clones and the droids and, you know, as the clones like you spawn in at the beginning of the game and then there's like your commander guy or whatever who's kind of giving you the orders and he's like, okay, here's the situation, you know, we got to stop the droids from reaching the palace and um, he's like, the locals fought off the first wave but, you know, now we're here to defend against wave two and, you know, it's like... It's kind of a small little reference there talking about like the Naboo security guys that fought off the droids and Thede in the movie. At least that's how I took it. Mm. But I was like, yeah, but that was like 10 years before you guys would have showed up. <laughs> so he's like, when it comes to multiplayer, just best not to think about that stuff. Just yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, again, I do like to try to keep it as canon as possible in terms of like, I don't want to have clones fighting droids with Luke Skywalker running around in the middle of it. And I don't necessarily want to have, you know, droids fighting First Order Stormtroopers either or clones versus rebels or something like that. Um, See, I'd be down for clone troopers versus stormtroopers. <laughs> that would be really fun. How could you tell who's who? Oh, you can tell. <laughs> clone trooper just looks so much cooler. Well, yeah, but when you're, you know, when they're a couple hundred feet away and shooting at you, well, I guess you shoot back at the one that's shooting at you. That's how you tell. <laughs> um, but um, just a chance to put stormtroopers in the place to show them, you know, who the better soldiers are. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but see, they got to do that on Rebels with, you know, Rex fighting the clone troopers and or the stormtroopers and there was that line where he's like you know i hope you brought a better class of soldier than those stormtroopers yeah, um, uh, i want to be the one to play as it now <laughs> Show that's gonna be fun yeah but anyway i mean i like i said i like keeping those eras sort of canon and whatever but yeah as far as the actual battles again i have no problem with like clone troopers on feed or darth maul fighting clone troopers or anything like that because yeah, like you said, it's a video game. You got to be able to take some liberties there just for the sake of having some fun all-out multiplayer brawls. Um and then let's see as far as like other confirmed planets too. So we've got um you know, Naboo, uh Kamino and Kashyyyk and then uh Yavin 4, Hoth, um well, yeah, I, well, I was kind of going in order. I'm trying to think of all the original trilogy ones. Okay. Because <laughs> um, we saw Tatooine in this trailer, too. But it looks like maybe instead of fighting, like, out in the Dune Sea and stuff, this time it looks like we might be fighting in Mos Eisley. Mm. Yeah, that's the impression I got. Um, 
quick yeah. shot of Boba Fett. Yeah, so that looks really cool. Um, and then I'm assuming we'll be able to play on Endor too, because that was we haven't seen any multiplayer stuff in the trailers, I don't think. But um, obviously, from the first trailer, we saw like um, that's where the story for uh, Inferno Squad starts off with you know the Battle of Endor. So. Um, if they're going to have it in the single player, you might as well have that be a multiplayer map too. Um, and then I don't know if Solist is coming back or not, but I hope so. Cause that's a cool planet to play on. Um, yeah. And then from the force awakens, it looks like we'll at least be getting Taco Donna and Starkiller base. Um, and then, like I said, I'm assuming Jakku. Um, although I don't know if we've seen anything from that yet. Um, but yeah, so definitely a good variety of maps and stuff. I'm not sure how, I don't know, sort of how specific the, the factions will be to each planet. Like, you know, will we be able to play as clones on Tatooine or rebels on Starkiller base or something like that? Um, or are they just going to, you know, keep the eras specific to sort of each planet that, uh, they battled on in the movies or whatever, um, cause there are some where it would kind of make sense to keep it separate. And then there are some that are just kind of general where it's like, well, anybody could fight there. Just kind of like Tatooine, like Tatooine's in almost every movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I kind of have a feeling that it's going to be, you know, specific for each planet and eras. I thought I remember during the EA live play video, they were saying how if you were playing on Camino, you would just be the phase two or the phase one clone trooper armor. And then, Obviously, on Naboo is the phase two, and it looks like Kashyyyk's going to be phase two. So, if they're going that way just for that particular era, part of me thinks that they're going to kind of keep it the same way as far as what troopers are going to be on specific maps. So, mm-hmm. and honestly, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Um, as long as then, you know, like we said, if as long as we get a decent number of planets per era. Um, but yeah, and it's weird because I keep almost waiting for the other shoe to drop as far as like just the amount of content that's in this game. I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, okay, for the first Battlefront game, it took them like three years to make that game. And we only got four planets, one era, no space battles, no campaign. And now Battlefront 2 is coming out and it's going to be coming out two years later. And we've got three eras probably like at least nine planets uh space battles campaign all this kind of stuff and i'm like is something getting left out here like you know i i almost expected like the clones to not look very good or something or i'm expecting like the space battles aren't going to be very good or something like that and then every time we see more stuff i'm like nope that looks good that looks good that looks good i mean i know they've got three studios working on this game but i'm still like i hope this doesn't sound too good to be true because i i'm really hoping that the whole game ends up being as awesome as it's looking right now yeah (laughs) it almost does have that too good to be true feeling because everything looks so so amazing and I just like the fact that they're focusing at E3 anyway, the prequel content with Naboo and the clone troopers. I'm just glad they're showing that off because, mm-hmm. you know, I know we weren't the only ones making our voices heard as far as being very disappointed that wasn't included in the first Battlefront game. And I think that's their way of showing those fans who were wanted that in the first one is like, okay, here you go. We took <laughs> your uh, criticisms and the stuff you wanted to see very seriously. And now we're, you know, putting the money where our mouth is and showing you how 
much detail or paid attention to that era and how cool it's going to be when you finally play it. So I just love that whole idea that for this E3, that was the main focus was all on the, the prequel stuff. So yeah. if anything, we know for sure that that's not getting shorthanded <laughs> with the three planets we know of. So unless, you know, we find out later, the original trilogy has more, which is understandable because they already have maps for that from Battlefront 1. So if they even wanted to recycle some of them and maybe just update them very little, I that would be okay with me because I think it would be cool to incorporate some original Battlefront 1 maps into Battlefront 2 mm-hmm. so you can play some of those ones, which were fun. So we'll see. But uh, I think so far everything is just looking good and balanced from what we know about so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think... Th- from what we know, it sounds like there's probably the original trilogy's got the most maps right now. Because, like I said, there's... I mean, if we keep the four that we had to start with and then also um, Yavin 4, which is a new one. And then also with Jakku, I guess that would technically still be original trilogy era because that happened a lot closer to Return of the Jedi than it did... Um, to the force awakens so like i don't know if we'd be playing stormtroopers and rebels on that or if we'd be playing it as uh resistance and first order yeah that's true um but yeah like and again i'm not hoping for like a ton of planets and stuff but i just ugh, i want geonosis so bad um <laughs> especially because so here's the thing you got to balance out the the clone trooper armors because like you said it's going to be specific to each map so like naboo it's going to be phase two clones kashik is going to be phase two clones kamino is going to be phase one well you need one more map with phase one clones that would be geonosis that's a good um, point i like how you're thinking on that <laughs> and then i think they also said something too about the uh so the game mode that they showed off in the actual gameplay demo um was this assault mode that kind of seems similar to walker assault in a way from the first game where sort of the separatists are the sort of the attackers and the republic is kind of the ones on the defense um and the droids are escorting their big mtt transport sort of up the streets of Theed. um but it's not just about the the transport reaching the end because that's sort of only the first phase and then you fight out the rest of the battle actually inside the palace um but at least for that first phase you know like i said it seems kind of similar to walker assault where you're you know trying to reach checkpoints and you got the you know the big armored tank thing that's you know you're trying to escort um to the objective and it's like you could play that for both sides depending on again sort of the story of like what that battle was in the movies and stuff um and like who's attacking what now i'm not sure if you could actually even do that mode on camino because like where are you going to put a walker or an MTT transport or whatever, you know, on those platforms on Camino? It's not really going to have a whole lot of room to move. But I'm like on Feed or on Kashyyyk, you could, you know, you'd have the droids advancing, but you could flip it on Geonosis and have the clones escorting an ATTE walker um, and have the droids be the ones trying to, you know, defend like the um, the droid foundries or something like that. So I think that would be really cool to be able to play as well. Yeah, that's true. They did mention how, you know, there's going to be Walker Assault type modes for each map, but not specifically Walker Assault, which, mm-hmm. you know, makes sense since we're getting the different eras in the game. So it'd be interesting to see how much variety or different they're going to be per map, which they're kind of teasing about right now. So, yeah. yeah and I, I think they said this one is just called like Galactic Assault or something. And it's mm-hmm. it's going to like the the objective 
or sort of how it's played is going to vary slightly by map and by faction. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how different they're all going to end up being. Yeah. Which, you know, going to be cool if it gives us more variety to play as instead of just, you know, for the big multiplayer matches just having to be Walker Assault and Turning Point and Supremacy were the only three in the original one. So if we get a little more than that, that'd be really cool. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm sure we'll probably see some of those same kind of modes come back again, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like this assault is going to be, you know, just sort of the big main one. But I think this is basically just a replacement for Walker Assault. But it's just like sometimes it's going to be Walkers, sometimes it's going to be MTTs, sometimes, you know, ATTEs or, you know, whatever. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, at um, least in this demo, there's going to be like more phases to the mode, too. Because in that live playthrough, there's a first phase of trying to get the transport to that fires the missiles and blows up the doors to Thede Palace and then you play inside there which you know for Walker Salt it was mainly just going to those different uh, stations to stop the communications or start the communications so this one looks like at least from a, a map standpoint where there's going to be different variety to play as instead of just being in one location for most of the map like it was for the original Walker Assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, definitely going to be cool to, like, explore more of those areas and sort of have that, um, I don't know, sort of the, the dynamic gameplay of, like, where, you know, you change up kind of the environments and the play styles, and it's not just, like, in Walker Assault and Battlefront 1, they're pretty much all just these big, open, outdoor kind of maps. And like you said, yeah, there's, you know, some indoor stuff with, like, the hangars on Hoth and the tunnels on Tatooine and stuff like that, um, where you go and activate those comm relays and stuff like that, but... You know, for the most part, it's like you're either playing on a big open map or you're playing on a small enclosed map or something in between. And for this, it's almost like kind of like the um, some of the ones like the infiltration on Scarif or like the Death Star uh, yeah, trench mode. It's like you're you're almost playing like three separate maps um, through these you know stages of this gameplay. So um, that's gonna be really cool. Um, and then, of course, like I was talking about earlier, so they've completely redesigned the whole um, class system, or actually, you know, added a class system, which, you know, we didn't have in the first game. It was just, you know, pick your trooper, pick your weapon, pick your star cards, and off you go. Um, and you still get to do the same thing in this game, but they're all sort of categorized um, into these four classes. And you've got the assault trooper, you've got the heavy trooper. Um, you've got the officer and you've got the specialist. And so um, the specialist is like the sniper class and also uses things like the laser trip mines and all the um, kind of tricky kind of stuff. I would imagine they probably get like the smoke grenades and, um, you know, the, the shock disruptors and all that kind of stuff. Um, the officer is the one that like buffs uh, the teammates around them and they only get a pistol for a weapon, but um get to you know give like health and defense and damage buffs and stuff like that to their teammates and then you get points just for being sort of in proximity to your teammates and giving them these bonuses because you're sort of helping your team that way um and the assault trooper is just sort of the basic standard trooper with uh you know the regular blaster rifle and then you got you know thermal detonators and, and then they've got a shotgun um, and they said the star card is actually like this ability that switches your blaster rifle over to a shotgun and also gives you a speed boost so that you can sort of charge in with that shotgun and get up close and uh, use it effectively. Um, and then the heavy trooper, which 
I think we were talking about this maybe with Paul when we were doing our celebration episode and trying to guess like which classes we were going to use the mm -hmm. most. And you guys were yeah. all saying I was going to be the specialist because I, you know, do the most sniping. And after watching these gameplay demos, I'm like, I am totally going to play the heck out of that heavy trooper. <laughs> um, I can understand why. Because <laughs> these guys, they've got sort of the slowest movement speed, but also the most health. And they've got... Um, you know, a heavy blaster with a shield on the front. Um, and so they've kind of redesigned that too. I think they might be getting rid of like the personal bubble shields um, yeah. like we had in the last game. But with these guys, you know, you've got a shield on the front, like just sort of a little circular personal shield on the front of your blaster. And so if people want to shoot you, like they got to aim for your feet or your head or like get behind you, like you're almost like a walking turret. Um and you've got a, uh, like I said, just sort of a, a heavier blaster. Like in the demo, you could see the clones using um, like the longer version of the DC-15 assault rifle. Um, some people probably have no idea what I'm talking about if you don't keep up with, you know, some of the, the specific weapons and technology and stuff like that in the Star Wars yeah, universe. Yeah, I'm not even familiar with the weapon names. <laughs> but, well, I mean, if you, basically, if you think about the clone troopers, like, from the movies or from the Clone Wars or whatever, you know, some of them have, like, the shorter blaster rifle um, that's got, like, the two little sight thingies that stick up on the end of the barrel. Um, like, if you think of the guy in uh, Episode 3 who's, like, at the Jedi Temple and he points his blaster at Bail Organa. Um, okay. I forget what the different names are. There's like a DC 15 a and a DC 15 B or something like that. But that's, that's the shorter blaster rifle that like the, uh, the standard assault troopers use. And then the longer one that you see sometimes that one, um, was the one that I saw this heavy trooper using, um, in the gameplay. And it's, you know, more of a rapid fire thing. But then, like I said, one of the star cards, you, you switch over to that Gatling gun and get to just be heavy from the rookies episode, and I am just going to be doing that all day, <laughs> just because I want to hear the sound of that thing. Like I love that gun, and it's just like you said, it's one of those sort of authentic things that just pulls you right back into the Clone Wars and makes me feel like I'm watching a Clone Wars episode. And uh, yeah, I get the feeling I'm gonna, I'll be that idiot that's just like firing at the wall just to hear the sound of his own blaster. <laughs> gonna be an easy kill <laughs> when that happens <laughs> um yeah so those are the the new classes um and then they've also redesigned which i'm actually really happy about this they've they took out the whole thing where like you pick up the tokens on the battlefield to get power-ups and heroes and vehicles and stuff like that um i didn't mind it for the power-ups so much for getting you know thermal imploders and stuff like that but i Never quite liked the idea of like picking up a floating blue token and then you get to spawn as an ATST because I love the original Battlefront games where those were actually sitting on the battlefield and you go and jump in one and it feels more like that's what you would actually do in a battle, not pick up a magic spinny circle thing. Um, so they've completely gotten rid of those and instead just basically the points that you get in the game and again this was kind of in the first battlefront game where you know you'd get points for assists and for objectives and stuff like that and at the end of the game like it tells you your kills but then you also just have your point total um but it didn't really do much aside from just you know assigning like who won mvp or something like that well and it also i guess that was how you got credits 
um, that you use to buy stuff. But now those points also let you buy stuff in the game. Um, and as you rack up those points, you then trade them in to uh, get to spawn as a vehicle or as a special class or as a hero. Um, and so I think that's going to make things a lot more interesting. It's going to be a lot more sort of fair and balanced and you won't have you know the thing like when you you see a hero pickup and you're running for it and right as you're about to get to it somebody on your own team flies in with a jetpack and steals it from you it's like no now you just mind your own business you get a bunch of kills or you you know heal your teammates or uh you know defend the objective or whatever and rack up a bunch of points and <clears throat> then you can buy your own spaceship or hero or whatever you want to do um so I'm I'm pretty happy about that, um, and like I said, yeah. you can. Oh, good. I was gonna say I never really uh, didn't mind using just the little floating objects that are spread around across the map to get the like the ships or hero pickups, just because it made it more you know random as far as who gets it. Where sometimes speaking from the original Battlefront, where everyone would just go to a ship right away until they could start flying at this one. You didn't know if you were going to get just a power-up or the ship or a hero pickup. I just kind of like it made it a little more even for players to do those type of things. And when I heard they were getting rid of it and having it be where the points you get, you used to buy that stuff, part of me thought, oh, it's going to take away from that because, you know, someone who's not the greatest Battlefront player <laughs> doesn't have a real good map match, like a few good matches for a while. And I don't rack up those points. I'm not going to be able to fly the ships or be hero characters. Part of me thinks it's going to be a little harder to achieve that. But maybe it's not going to be so, you know, the price to pay to get those upgrades or ships or hero characters is going to be so high where, you know, you can probably easily get it if you just get a few kills. Which I hope and trust that they had a, kind of have a good balancing idea as far as how much uh, it's going to cost to use your points to get those pickups. So that is one little concern I have for it for kind of those players who might not be the best and might miss out on some opportunities to play some of the fun stuff as being the hero characters or flying ships. So that's just the one area of concern I have about the change in the systems for that. I don't think you need to worry about that at all. Um, and I think I, I had similar concerns the first time I just heard them talk about that system. Um, but so you said for the, the E3 gameplay, like you pretty much only watched like the live demo that they showed, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so if you go and, um, you know, you should watch some some of these other videos on YouTube, like some of the gamers who were there at E3 um, being part of this, you know, live stream thing were also, like, recording the video of, like, just their own gameplay, so it's not cutting back and forth between everybody's perspectives, and, like, if you watch those kind of videos, I think you get a lot better feel for sort of how the game plays, and it's not so much just sort of chaotic action going on, Um but yeah, you, it seems like it's really easy to, to get this kind of stuff. I mean, not so easy that like everybody's going to be flying around in a ship. Uh -huh. Um, and it does seem like they cap it too. Like, so for example, like if you spawn and you've got enough points to be in a vulture droid, but your team's already got like five or, you know, whatever the max number of vulture droids is, that option's going to be grayed out and you can't pick it until, you know, somebody dies and, you know, there's another one available. Okay. Um, same with the heroes. Like, if you've got enough points to play as Ray, but somebody's already playing as Ray, you can't also jump in as Ray because that would create a tear in the space-time continuum. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, just from... And I've watched, you know, several different gameplay videos. And obviously, I mean, these guys that got to go to E3 and play are some of the best players in the world, but it seems like it's 
pretty easy to rack up these points um, to the point where, I mean, you might not get to play as a hero every match, but at least, you know, get to uh, use some of the special units or get to fly a ship or something like that. I mean, as long as you're not spawning and standing around and dying instantly, like as long as you're doing something to help the team, like you're going to be able to spend those points at some point during the match and get something cool. Okay. Yeah, hopefully it'll all work out, but like until I experience it for myself and you know see how good or bad I do, <laughs> if that's going to be an issue or not. But you know, one thing you still get assist points. Like I get usually get more assist points. Than I do kills in matches. So as long as those help rank up the score to buy like the ships and hero characters, I guess it should be okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you get assists. You get points just for dealing damage to people. Um, and so that's actually I don't maybe you don't still get assists, but you get you get points like when you score a hit on somebody before you mm. even kill them. Like you get a yeah. few points just for doing damage and then you get more points okay. when you actually get a kill. Um, so like I said, all those little kind of things. Um, also, you know, if you use a heal or give your, you know, surrounding teammates like a defense buff as an officer or something, you get points from that. Um, and, you know, so it just seems like there's a lot of ways that you can rack up those points. Um, and like I said, you might not be able to rack up enough to, you know, get all the way to being a hero, you know, if you don't do really well. But I think they've, it seems like they've made it pretty accessible. They definitely don't want only the best players to be able to play as the heroes and stuff. Because, I mean, that was kind of the idea behind the system in Battlefront 1 to begin with. Because in the original Battlefront, or yeah, back in Battlefront 2 the first, um, <laughs> it was like whenever a hero was available, it would just ask like the person who was currently doing the best on the team, like, would you like to play as Darth Maul? And you had like 30 seconds to accept. And if you said no, then it would offer it to somebody else. Um, but clearly they were like, well, this would be unfair if the person who's already doing the best in the match is the only person that gets to play as the hero um so they put those tokens there to make it you know more accessible but now it's just like okay you don't have to have the most amount of kills you just have to be doing stuff to help your team and you can rack these points up and you know anybody can get a chance to get up there um so that seems really cool but then also like i was saying there's also these specialty units you can get um, so you got like the clone jump troopers, you got Wookiees on Kashyyyk, um, which obviously we didn't see in the demo, but they did say, um, well, they said the Wookiees would be playable on Kashyyyk. I'm just going to go ahead and assume they're going to be like those special unlockable units. Um, kind of just like how the Naboo starfighter I'm assuming is only going to be available on Naboo. Um, and then, um, for the Separatists, you got super battle droids, um, no droidicas as of yet, but I have heard from, you know, some interviews and things that that's something that they're looking into. Um, I'd like to be coy about that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, and again, this is kind of just, you know, secondhand stuff that I've heard from people who talk to the developers who were, you know, there at the conference and whatever, um, like, it's definitely something that they want to have in the game and probably will at some point, but it's kind of up in the air right now as far as whether they're going to be at launch or whether it'll be in DLC further down the line. Um, and I think it's not necessarily a matter of, like, oh, Droidic is a really cool, so let's, like, save it for DLC and make people pay for it because... Uh, also, we didn't mention this yet, but all the DLC for this game is going to be free, which is freaking awesome right there by itself. Yeah. Um, but I think with Droidicas, it's probably just more of an issue of 
balance, making them not, you know, super overpowered and just figuring out the mechanics and making them play right because I could see how those would be, you know, really tricky. Um, for one thing, you know, they don't even move like regular units, so it's not like you can map them to a normal, you know, just running skeleton model or whatever that you use for animation. It's like, no, you got to make this rolly ball that's like super vulnerable, but then pops out and puts a shield up and is this impenetrable walking blaster turret. And, you know, how do you make it fun to play and look good and feel good and also not make it like impossibly hard for the other team to beat? And, you know, so I'm sure they're probably just doing a lot of kind of testing and tweaking with that would just be my guess. Yeah, that's true. But you were mentioning how the not going to be like a season pass anymore, and the DLC is going to be free. That's another thing that got me excited about uh, the future of Battlefront Two, like post-launch, where they announced how that uh, the first it's going to be called Seasons for the, the DLC content, and the first one is going to be based off the Last Jedi, where we're going to get the uh, the planet Crate as a map. There also two new hero characters. Finn and Captain Phasma, which uh, all all my favorite costume and armor are going to be in this game. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> between the clone troopers, death troopers, Phasma, Boba Fett, it's all going to be there, which is so cool. I can't wait. But it just got me thinking of the other possibilities of DLC coming down the line where it's going to be specific themes, where the first one's going to be all about the Last Jedi. It just got me excited where, you know, hopefully we can get one that's a Clone Wars theme where we get more maps that are just specifically from the clone wars tv show that would be cool so yes please the, <laughs> the possibilities of this new dlc planet i think sounds really really cool and like i said the fact that it's going to be free i mean how awesome is that mm -hmm. yeah and i mean again this was one of the other things where i was like okay that's awesome but what's the catch um and actually the catch is that the game will have microtransactions which is where you know you can pay real money for stuff in the game um which they've said is not gonna be um sort of like a pay to win system where you know the people that put the most money into it are gonna be the ones that do the best i think basically what it is um kind of similar to the first battlefront they said uh you know you use in-game currency to unlock weapons and upgrades and stuff like that um but you'll be able to, and it might work a little bit differently. I'm not sure, but it's just some way where, um, you know, the, you can earn all these things just by playing and accumulating, you know, points or XP or money or whatever, um, and unlocking stuff. Or, you know, if you just don't have time to play as much and all your friends are getting way ahead of you and you want to just, you know, pay some money to get some of that currency and get some of those same upgrades and weapons and stuff, you can do that. And so I don't really have a problem with that. Um, it's probably not something I'm going to do because I know I'm going to play the heck out of this game when it comes out. And, you know, by the time I would even consider spending extra money on it, I probably will already be like level 100 and have everything unlocked anyways. Um, but, you know, as long as the game stays balanced and fair, like, I don't care if other people are using money to unlock stuff as long as they're not unlocking way more stuff than I am and kicking my butt with it. Um, so, you know, like I said, as long as they can keep that balanced and fair, that's perfectly fine with me. And if, you know, they think it's sustainable to, you know, just keep doing it this way and then release all these maps, you know, through DLC and stuff for free, like, awesome. Um... And yeah, like you said, I can't wait to see what they come out with through all these, you know, sort of themed content seasons that they're talking about. 
Um, obviously, a Clone Wars themed one is like top of my wish list. Also, if they don't have Geonosis at launch, then that's the first thing I want through DLC. But again, it's like, how can you skip out on the biggest, you know, Clone Wars battle in the movies? Um, and not have that in there in the game at first. I'm hoping that's going to be in there. Um, but yeah, if not, that would be a perfect thing to have through DLC. But also, I'm just imagining, you know, the Battle of Umbara or something like that. Like, uh, that's what I want most. Man, <laughs> yeah. Specifically, something from the show. That's the planet I want to see. Yeah. Oh, I think every Clone Wars fan would tell you that. Like, <laughs> if you could pick one battle from the Clone Wars to have be featured as a Battlefront DLC map. Um, I don't know that there's anything that even comes close as a second. <clears throat> I mean, Christophsis could be cool or Teth or something like that, but um, nah, man, that Battle of Umbara was just so intense. Oh, um, I, I think we're excited about this game. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> it's it's really hard to find anything negative to say about all the stuff we got at E3 this week. I mean, I told you about my little concern about the getting to be able to fly ships and getting the hero pickups but i mean you kind of broke down that that's going to work how how that will work so it made me feel a little better about that so all in all man this game is just it's not like it's it's going to knock it out on the park for everything that we wanted from the first one and that we hoped for that we were going to get in the second one after we got to start the first battlefront two years ago so it's man it's just can it be november already yeah <laughs> that's the only downside i guess for it right now yeah and i mean just reading all the press coverage you know from people who were there at e3 and uh you know just seeing videos of like uh you know interviewing people there at e3 who got to play it and sort of just getting general reactions i mean it seems like i'm hearing everything from sort of generally positive to really positive and excited like i haven't heard a lot of criticism about this at all um I also they didn't show this in any of like the public gameplay demos, but apparently there was like a behind closed doors thing for you know to some of the press and stuff where they also got to play like ten minutes of the campaign, yeah, and that, that is sounding really cool as well. Um, I've heard you know nothing but good impressions about that. Um, so man, I'm just really excited about what this game is shaping up to be. Like and like you said, I just have you know, no hesitations, no sort of, I don't have a bad feeling about this. Um, <laughs> you know, I, like, I almost feel like I'm hyping it up too much or like letting myself get too excited, but then I'm like, okay, but what is there to not be excited about? Like, I know, because we're seeing it all laid out. Yeah, exactly. And, and gameplay footage. And it was right around this time last year, you know, we had seen the trailer for the first or not last year but two years ago we had seen the trailer for the first battlefront at uh celebration and then we got the first gameplay demo at e3 and it was looking really cool but that was also right around the time when we started to find out that oh it's only going to be original trilogy era and oh there's only going to be four planets and oh there's not going to be a campaign and oh there's going to be no space battles and it was like well it's looking fun and looking really cool but then you know you kind of had this nagging feeling in the back of your mind like i hope this game doesn't feel really shallow because it doesn't seem like there's going to be a lot to it and obviously they've expanded on it a lot more through dlc and you know we still enjoy it a lot when we get to play it but um you know i i think i wouldn't call it a failure for sure like i mean i and 
still enjoyed the heck out of the first one, but you know there was sort of, there was a lot more to be hesitant about, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there was kind of some you know mixed reactions to it. And um, I mean I know a lot of people who loved it, but I also know some people who hated it and some people who liked it but didn't play for very long because there just wasn't much to it. Um, and I'm like I'm. I'm not worried about any of that stuff for Battlefront 2. And it's not just me being optimistic. It's like we've seen all the stuff that's going to be in here. We've seen the eras. We've seen the space battles. We've seen the planets. I mean, we haven't seen gameplay on all of them, obviously. Um, And I'm just excited for, you know, more and more of what they're going to show us next. Um, I think they did confirm that um, we'll see more from the game at uh, Gamescom in Germany in August. Um, hopefully with some, uh, space battle gameplay, um, as well as, you know, I don't know, more multiplayer or more of the campaign or whatever. But I'm like, at this point, you know, if you think my excitement level is high right now, um, (laughs) show me battle of Geonosis or show me a space battle with like a Jedi starfighter or an arc 170 chasing, a, like a droid tri-fighter across the bridge of a Venator Star Destroyer, and I will just lose my mind. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Yeah, again, space battles, I never thought of that, but just the Battle over Coruscant for Revenge of the Sith. Imagine getting to play that in Battlefront 2. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, see, I like you said, that stuff maybe we're... Can, maybe hyping ourselves too much on or speculating too much on. But then again, the possibilities are still there. It doesn't seem so far-fetched like some of the stuff for the first Battlefront, like I said, during this time two years ago, what was going to be in it. Like The stuff is all still possible because they've hinted at that stuff, like space battles. If they're going to have space battles, you would think it's going to be at least one per era. So if they're going to do one for the prequels, have it be over the Battle of Coruscant. So Mm -hmm. there's just more stuff to be hopeful for that's going to be in the game than worried about that's not going to be in the game for this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, it, like, I remember having these conversations with the first game where, you know, you were worried, like, oh, that they weren't going to add space battles or weren't going to have Clone Wars or something. And at the time, I was like, don't be silly, Tim. Why would they not include that? <laughs> and then, of course, they didn't. Um, but now I'm, like, all excited because they're adding clones. And it's not, again, it's not just me being wishful thinking or optimistic or, uh, you know, what I thought was common sense. Like, no, it's, like, we've actually seen this stuff and it looks really good. And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, why can't it just be November already? <laughs> I know, seriously. I mean, there's a few e- games shown at E3 that I'm really excited for other than Battlefront. But those don't come out till 2018, and it's kind of a good thing because <laughs> I'm probably just going to be playing mostly Battlefront 2 once that comes out. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only other thing I'm disappointed about as far as other games go, you know, uh, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor recently got delayed. That was supposed to come out in August, and now it's coming out in October, which means I'll have less time to play that oh, before yeah. Battlefront <laughs> comes out. Because, um, yeah, when, I mean, Battlefront 2 hopefully is going to be just the, the Star Wars game to end all Star Wars games. Like... And not that I won't be playing other stuff, obviously. I mean, we've got the Visceral game coming out next year, which they didn't say anything about at E3. Um, yeah. But uh, I did see a tweet from Amy Henning where she said, uh, you know, somebody tweeted her and asked, like, hey, where's your game? Like, I was hoping to 
you know, get an update on that. Um, and she was like, oh, don't worry. Like, this is just Battlefront 2's year to take center stage, but we're still hard at work on our game. And you'll find out more about that later. Um, so, you know, obviously there's still going to be lots more good stuff to look forward to in the future. But for now, like if Battlefront 2 ends up being as good as we hope it's going to be and as good as it's looking right now, as good as we have reason to believe it's going to be, I'm going to be playing that game for a long time. <laughs> a long time. Oh, man, I know. First, it's like, how I like to play games that have single player and campaign. I like to do the campaign first. It's kind of finished that and then just focus everything on or focus all the rest of my time playing the game on multiplayer. But for this one, it's probably going to be a back and forth because I'm going to want to be, I'm going to want to play those clone troopers right away. Oh, <laughs> probably yeah. more so than experiencing the story. So it's going to probably be a back and forth with this one as far as single player going back to the multiplayer. Mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's just going to be so much to it. They were even talking about too, they're expanding the, uh, the skirmish mode and like sort of the offline single player options, um, you know, not just the campaign, but like the other stuff that you can play co-op with a friend or whatever. And I was even thinking, so in the first battlefront, I think the, um, you know, you've got the survival mode where you play as the rebels and you fight off like waves of stormtroopers. And I think that's just two players, Yeah. but how cool would it be if in this game, there's like a four player co-op survival mode where you play as a squad of clone troopers and fight off waves of battle droids. I would love that because that was another disappointment I had with the first game. I love survival modes in shooters, and the one in Battlefront was cool, but only two players. I wanted to be four player co op. So we get that for the second one. Oh man, that's just gonna be another awesome mode that I'll be spending a lot of time on. Yeah, well, and I think it would make perfect sense too now that they're introducing this class system. Yeah, it's like totally. yeah, let us do four players and then assign everybody a class. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to do it like that. I mean, dog. see, now I'm thinking it better be in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, right oh there. my gosh, dude, clone, like, if uh, if they did a Clone Wars, you know, DLC thing, have, like, the rookies squad defending their, oh, uh, their base on yeah. the Rishi moon, <laughs> and have, like, Rex and Cody and, like, Heavy and Fives, and that be your squad. Dude, that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I should, like, send that to dice and be like please do this yeah we better start tweeting at them now let them know we really want it yeah <laughs> dude that would be amazing yeah let's start a twitter campaign make that happen yeah i don't care if it's the last one <laughs> as far <laughs> as their dlc plans if we get that that would be awesome yeah well and that's the other thing i was gonna say too you know when i was saying like this could be the the star wars game to end all star wars games or it could at least be the battlefront game to end all battlefront games because with the amount of content that it looks like we're going to be getting at launch and then the amount of stuff that you know obviously you can keep adding through free dlc like i'm sure there will be a battlefront 3 at some point just because you know with as much money as the first one made and as much as this one's gonna make i'm sure they're gonna be like hey let's put out another one at some point um and probably you know after episode nine or something like that and then it's like you know it can be like oh new game with you know episode nine planets but like you could just keep adding on to this one and like we've got the arrows we've got the space battles we've got the single player campaign it's like it's not lacking in any major content or features that you would need to update in a sequel it's like for me, all I'm really going to want after the fact is just more maps and more heroes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. 
The, so, only, the only other thing, if they have a cool sequel to the single-player story, we'll see how this one ends. Or even if they want to do something totally different for the single-player campaign. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they could do, too, where have the single-player campaign take place in different eras, too. I mean, it doesn't have to just continue on from what the Inferno Squadron story is going to be. So, Oh, man. If we got a Battlefront 3 that had a Clone Wars campaign mode, so... <laughs> like, just get out. Oh man! It would yeah, basically I guess, be it would basically be like finally getting Republic Commando two. Yeah, I guess that would be the only way uh, to improve on a single player campaign would be to have uh, be based on the Clone Wars because as cool as Infernal Squadron looks, I don't think they're going to top the clones. Nothing's going to top the clones for me. So oh, <laughs> that yeah. would be the only way to make it better. Especially you know some of the elite clone squads that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, man, and I, I really hope we get to see some Clone Wars heroes in the game as well. Um, and I got the sense from, and this is kind of just extrapolation or speculation on my part, um, but you could see in the demo, it's like, it looked like there were two playable, you know, there were two playable heroes on each side. There was Darth Maul and Boba Fett and then Rey and Han Solo. And obviously, even if those aren't the heroes that end up making it into the game, like for that specific map and that specific faction and stuff, I'm like, okay, does that mean that for every map, at least with this big uh, assault mode where, you know, it's the 20 on 20, is is every match going to have two heroes and there's going to be like one that's like a lightsaber wielding you know, force user, and then one that's sort of like a ranged attacker, you know, with a blaster or something. And so, like, for the Rebels, you'd have Luke and Han or, uh, you know, Luke and Leia. Or I would love to see Ben Kenobi be a hero for um, the Rebellion this time around. Um, You know, and and do stuff like that or have, you know, have it be like Vader and Boba Fett or something like that for the Empire, um, you know, based on the map. Like, for the Clone Wars... Anakin and Rex, hello. Um, <laughs> or Soka and Rex. Well, yeah, and, no, and that's the thing, too. And I was talking to, I think I was talking to Paul about this the other day. We were talking about, um, you know, what heroes we wanted to see in the game and, um, you know, what Clone Wars content they might add in and stuff. And, uh, like, obviously at launch, I'm not expecting them to have any maps from the Clone Wars TV series, you know, Umbara or anything like that. But I would be really surprised if, like, if not at launch, but especially through DLC, like if we don't get Ahsoka as a playable hero at some point. Um, I mean, I I would bet money on it happening at some point, at least through DLC, but I would still be like a little bit surprised if she doesn't come included in the actual game, just knowing how popular she is right now and, um, you know, how how many people love that character and stuff. Um, yeah, just knowing how much you know respect they're showing the Clone Wars TV series already, just by using Dee Bradley Baker and Matt Wood for the voices of the clones mm-hmm. and the droids. You know, they're aware of the Clone Wars TV show and you know, what's all that went into it, and who what the most popular characters are from that. And you know, you could arguably say Ahsoka is the face of the series. So for them not to you know consider or know about or to use her as a playable hero character or if they plan on having anything specific for Clone Wars. I mean, they got to. And it does make me agree with what you're saying, how she'll probably more than likely end up in the game, whether it's sooner or later, but when it's all said and done, she'll probably be a playable hero character, which would be really, really awesome to play as. Yeah, as well as, you know, like, I mean, obviously there's a ton of Jedi characters and stuff you could have for the Republic, and 
for the Separatists, you've maybe got not quite as many heroes. You've just got, like, Dooku and Grievous and Jango Fett. So uh, let's get Asajj Ventress out there. Um, and even, oh, man, Cad Bane? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to... Hey, Dice, you guys listening? <laughs> um, um, yeah, pretty soon they could just... All the stuff we're saying and we want from the Clone Wars, they could just make a Clone Wars Battlefront game. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like, and, you know, back when I was thinking, like, uh, they probably won't include Clone Wars in this game, I was like, you know what? Fine. Just like, well, and I said this before too, I would be fine if it was just one Battlefront game from each era. But now, you know, this game, it's almost like it is going to be a Battlefront game from each era all rolled into one. Because it seems like each era is going to have about as much content as they had, you know, just for the original trilogy in the first game. So, mm-hmm. um, although, you know, what's interesting, though, I mean, we didn't even talk about when we were talking about planets and stuff like some of the planets they added through DLC for the last game as well. So you could still also have the Death Star and Bespin and uh, Scarif and all that kind of stuff. Um So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, just recycle any of those maps or or make new maps on some of those same planets or maybe reintroduce some of that stuff as DLC later down the line. But, um, yeah, man, just so many options and possibilities. Um, and I just cannot wait. If the countdown began during celebration Orlando, but now we just want that countdown to go quicker. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the other question they talk about, um, these sort of themed seasons of content and we know for the last jedi we're getting crate and finn and phasma but is that the only last jedi content we're getting you know we're getting this in december like right before the movie comes out maybe in january or february or something could we get i don't know another last jedi map with like playable old luke pretty please I know, but, <laughs> <laughs> man, there's just so much stuff that you want to see in the game that would be so awesome to get, but, you know, they can't do everything, so. Yeah, um, but you can make old Luke Skywalker. I was say old Luke Skywalker is someone, or I think a character that most fans are going to want to play as as soon as they see The Last Jedi, I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a feeling, too. Um... But yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, we could go on all night just about wish lists of stuff that we want to see in here. Um, but man, you know what's going to be cool too? Having like Anakin and Obi-Wan voiced by Matt Lanter and James Arnold Taylor. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, well, they gotta be, they're going to be in it. Yeah. I mean, James Arnold Taylor voiced Obi-Wan in the first Battlefront games, if I'm not mistaken. So that won't be that much of a surprise. But yeah, yeah. just getting, I mean, if we have. Anakin and like Ahsoka and uh, you know getting some more of those Clone Wars voice actors in there too that'll be awesome um, alright well have we uh, spent enough time geeking out about Battlefront 2 yet <laughs> I'll say yes but I think we could actually could go on longer if we wanted to <laughs> yeah I'm sure there's probably more little you know updates about the game and stuff that we haven't mentioned yet um, and like I said I, I could just spend a whole nother hour just geeking out and talking about stuff I want to see. But, uh, yeah, I think we can, uh, maybe call it a wrap on that for now. Um, 
So let's now get into some news and rumors and stuff. Um, and like I said, some of this is kind of old because we didn't get to it on our last episode. But, um, you know, we always like to start with the official stuff. Um, so we'll start with stuff talking about The Last Jedi. And there was an article from Entertainment Weekly that was actually posted back on May the 4th, which hard to believe that was like over a month ago now. Yeah, almost a month and a half. Yeah. Um, but this article uh, is talking about how uh, Ryan Johnson um, asked a favor from J.J. Abrams, and there was a change that J.J. Um, made to The Force Awakens um, to kind of accommodate what Ryan wanted to do with Episode Eight, which for me is actually not the biggest draw of this article, but it is interesting. Um, basically, Ryan had J.J. swap the droids at the end of the movie, that originally Ray was going to take BB-8 with her um, to go to find Luke and uh, leave R2 and 3PO behind at the resistance base. And uh, Ryan Johnson said, Hey, can you, you know, just do me a favor and have Ray take R2D2 with her since he's got the map and, you know, leave BB eight with the resistance since he's Poe Dameron's droid and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, you know, we, we have Ryan Johnson to thank for that. And of course uh, we'll see Luke and R2 reunited in the last Jedi. And we'll see, uh, BB-8, you know, going off on adventures with Poe Dameron and Finn and all those guys. Um, but I thought the most interesting part of this article um, was down at the bottom. Then Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson is talking a lot about Luke and his motivations and kind of what stuff we're going to figure out with him in The Last Jedi. Um, and so I'll just read kind of the last part of the article here. Um and it says, for everyone worried that Luke Skywalker might not have much of a role in the saga going forward, Johnson tells Entertainment Weekly that his is the central story. Um, and he says, figuring out where his head was at was the very first thing I had to do when writing the movie. I had to crack this. And it had to be something for me that first and foremost made sense. Why did Luke Skywalker go off to this island, Johnson says. That was the starting point, and that's what the entire movie explores. Um, and then jumping down... A couple paragraphs, you know, they talk about all the stuff that's gone on in the meantime with, you know, Luke training the Jedi and then Kylo Ren killing them all and stuff. Um, and it says, but why did Luke run? Shouldn't he have stayed to fight to make this atrocity right? Does fleeing make him a coward? Um, and I didn't want it to, Johnson says. There has to be a good reason that makes sense to him and to some degree makes sense to us. Um, and so that was something that I was like... I mean, it obviously it's not even revealing any information there, but just stirring the pot more of getting me excited for just seeing Luke in this movie, um, wanting to know his motivations, what he's learned, what he's discovered about the Force, and uh, just sort of what's going on with him. Um, and of course, you know, just reading anything official about it from Ryan Johnson, even if it's just, you know, sort of him talking about exploring that, I'm like, yes, yes, give me more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, those are all the questions we're asking ourselves too, right after The Force Awakens. And even before we saw The Force Awakens, when we heard those rumors about, you know, Luke not being in the movie very much and the reasons for all that and why he's not there. So the idea, or just the fact that we know that Ryan Johnson is taking that all very seriously is, you know, reassuring and exciting to know that we're going to be learning those answers in the last Jedi. And yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> can't wait for that to, you know, we all know Luke is going to be the main draw of this movie for a lot of fans and 
fact that you know the questions we have are going to be answered and some new stuff we're going to learn about him in the force which i think is even more exciting so yeah just good stuff from ryan johnson there and then i guess i should thank him too because i love the fact that r2 went with ray and chewie to find or to go to luke at the end of the force awakens and it's going to be great to see luke and r2 reunited hopefully at the start of the film and so and this kind of get more information as far as you know luke sending r2 away just and I'd, well you know this should be pretty simple out c3po i was going to say just to you know get kind of r2's feelings on everything as far as what transpired him leaving luke and then shutting down the kind of hear his side of the story, so to speak. And we know Luke can understand R2, so if, we'll see if he relays that, but I kind of think that's more something C-3PO would translate for R2, because I'm sure it's going to be kind of weird to, or maybe a little awkward for Luke and R2 to be together again. We don't know the circumstances, but I just have a feeling R2 didn't want to leave Luke, and Luke kind of forced him to go uh, to go out and to leave him alone, so... That's why I'm kind of curious to see what Luke's reaction is going to be to see R2. I'm sure it's going to be great, but at the same time, maybe feel a little bad for what happened and having to send R2 away. So it's going to be good to see those two reunited again at the start. So thank you, Ryan Johnson, for that also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we get to see him with Chewie again, too. Um, yep. So we'll kind of – Octo is going to be like a little uh, original trilogy reunion island party um, <laughs> just without Han, sadly. Yeah, I mean – who else should, you know, tell Luke the news? Well, not necessarily tell him, but <laughs> get the point across as far as, you know, Han being killed in The Force Awakens. And I think you just need that connection from someone else from the original trilogy there to have it resonate even more so, because I'm sure Ray's going to tell him what happened, but Luke seeing Chewie and then Chewie being there just going to make it, you know, probably more emotional mm -hmm. and from Luke's, uh, how Luke's going to take it too. So I think that's definitely a good uh, reason for have Chewie there just for that alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's interesting. I guess I hadn't really thought about, like, as far as, like, does Luke know already? Did he feel it through the Force just like Leia did? Um, or, you know, is Rey going to have to break the news to him? But I also think, like, if Luke doesn't know already, I would think probably just seeing the Falcon and Chewie there with no Han, mm -hmm. you could probably put two and two together. Yeah, but yeah, I totally agree. And you're right. Luke might might even know beforehand just through the forest. But just having someone like Han's closest friend there, and you're kind of gonna talk about it for the first time mm -hmm. with someone else, it's still gonna be an emotional moment, I think, and for oh. Luke to kind of like fully accept it now. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at, though. Is like it could just kind of be like this unspoken moment. Um, and like, I mean, Luke could already know, but it, like, if he doesn't know. Um, you know, Ray could tell him or, you know, Chewie could come tell him, but I also think you could just get, you know, this great emotional, you know, sad moment where, uh, you know, Luke just looks at the Falcon and sees Chewie come out and is just kind of looking behind Chewie, expecting Han to come down the ramp behind him and realizes like, oh, something happened. Like he's not here. Um... So, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, sort of where they pick up with all those threads and seeing those characters all come back together. Um, but some good stuff from Ryan Johnson there. Um, you know, again, obviously not real, not much to go on story-wise or, you know, any news or anything like that. But these days we'll take whatever we can get. Oh, definitely. Especially when it comes to Luke. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and speaking of taking whatever we can get, let's get into some leaks and rumors and that kind of thing. Um, you know, turn away if you don't want spoilers, but these are not uh, story spoilers at all. This is more just sort of leaked images and that sort of thing. Um, we'll talk about some from The Last Jedi and then some from the Han Solo movie as well. Um, there were some pictures that got leaked uh, a while ago. This was like the and or I guess yeah, it was the end of May, um, where um, there were some pictures of Lego sets that got leaked, and they had you know sort of confirmed some of the rumors that were out there and stuff. Um, there was one I think, and of course these images have been removed now, so I'm kind of trying to go from memory because I did see these the day they got posted. But there was one that was one of the new um, sort of ATAT type walkers that's described as looking more like a gorilla, um, and surprisingly i'm liking that thing more than i thought i would um i mean we saw the leaked lego set picture but then there've been like i think a couple other leaked images from um you know packaging and pick uh like promotional stuff um that's not supposed to come out yet but that's going to be out later in the year and that kind of stuff starts leaking around now um and you know, I'm like, man, when they talked about an ATAT that looks like a gorilla, I thought that was really dumb. But then I'm looking at these pictures going, you know, that actually looks kind of cool. Um, yeah, and I was at least really curious to see how this gorilla walker, <laughs> quote unquote, was going to look. But I'm digging how it's looking so far, just even the Lego form and you yeah. know, some other images that came out a little bit after that. That's getting me excited just to see this thing, you know, in motion in the actual movie because it's looking really massive. So just to see it in battle, I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, that, I, I think those will be pretty cool. And especially the fact that, well, and this isn't really a surprise anyway, but just the fact that Crate is being added as a planet in Battlefront um, tells me like mm -hmm. <laughs> these things are going to have a prominent role in the movie and that, that battle on Crate, even though it's just a quick shot in the trailer and it looked like some busted up junky old mining speeders that are flying towards these walkers. I was like, that doesn't look like it's going to be much of a battle, but apparently it is because it's going to be big enough for them to feature it in battlefront. So, um, you know, I can't wait to see what they end up doing with that. It's going to be ultimate Walker assault that those ones are in there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, actually. Yeah, that's true. We can play Walker assault with the first order now too. Yep. That'll be fun. By the way, I love that moment in the Battlefront demo. And well, actually, it wasn't in the live demo. It was in one of the gameplay videos that I saw. Somebody was in an AAT tank, and then they're like running around, like, or, you know, just sort of driving through the streets in the tank, blasting all these clone troopers left and right. And then out of nowhere, Ray just hops up on front of the tank and just is slashing back and forth until the thing <laughs> blows up. Nice. Yeah, I was saying that one. <laughs> um,. See, we just can't we just can't move on from battle. Exactly. I was gonna say that's probably gonna be one of the first of many like mini battlefront tangents that are gonna happen for the rest of this episode. Um But yeah, so we got the walkers, then there was one that I think was like a resistance bomber, which looked like sort of the big capital ship looking things um that we see in the trailer in the that clip of the space battle at the end. And I don't know if this was supposed to be one of those capital ships or if they have, um, you know, if it's a bomber more along the lines of like a Y wing or a tie bomber. Um, and it was just, you know, a smaller ship that kind of looks similar in design to that. And I hope that's the case because again, so far all we know as far as ships that we're getting in the last Jedi is just 
like, oh, there's the Resistance X-Wings are coming back, but there are A-Wings joining them this time. And I'm like, hey, cool, let's still get some new ships in here, guys. <laughs> um, so I would love it if there were, you know, some completely new uh, bomber fighters to go along with uh, the new capital ships that we're getting. Yeah, I think one of the other cool little things revealed in those Lego sets, at least for the Resistance one, was there was a figure of Laura Dern's character, Admiral Holdo, kind of in a different outfit than what we saw her in the Vanity Fair images. Something a little more like it could have been like a traditional resistance outfit, but still with the pink hair. So <laughs> she's still going to have that that we know of for the rest of the movie. But I just noticed, at least, you know, we can't base everything off the Lego images, but she looks like she may have a traditional, you know, resistance, like officer type uniform in the movie. Mm -hmm. Which I hope ends up being true. And I would think, makes sense um you know i assume that dress we saw her in in the vanity fair image is uh not gonna necessarily be what she's wearing while she's commanding resistance forces from the you know bridge of a capital ship um the pink hair i can deal with because again they've explained that's like just a cultural thing um from wherever she comes from but um yeah it's like why are you gonna wear a ball gown on a battleship <laughs> um and then of course the the last lego set was the uh quote-unquote mega star destroyer um although i guess no there's a, this is on making star wars the same the star destroyer with the lego set is not the mega star destroyer we've discussed in the past um but there was a, a lego set of a first order star destroyer and uh there was some interesting stuff from that one as well because apparently it was it comes with a figure of Snoke, um, and he's wearing these gold robes that we've heard you know rumored about in the past. So um, I didn't actually get a look at that. I think just when I happened to see these Lego sets, I was just kind of looking at the ships and stuff and saw that Snoke image later and was like, oh, I didn't catch that on there the first time. I got to look closer. Um, but yeah, it definitely seems like we'll be getting at least a little bit more revealed about Snoke in this movie. Or maybe we won't. Maybe he'll just show up wearing gold pajamas and they'll be like, you have to wait till episode nine to find out why he's wearing that. <laughs> Never mind if he has any history. Why is he wearing the gold outfit? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to become the most important Snoke question after The Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Well, and obviously, I mean, his choice of outfit is not going to be like a pressing plot point but i mean if you're thinking he's some evil force user or whatever you know the kind of person you expect to go around is you know in a hooded black robe and then suddenly you find out he's got sort of all these extravagant tastes and stuff it's like that would kind of bring up some larger questions about like okay wait but who is this guy really um and again i i actually kind of do get the feeling they're just going to drag that out longer um, but I hope they don't just like introduce more questions about Snoke in this movie and just be like, Hey, we're just going to leave some more stuff here to dangle and tease you guys with. Yeah. Just based off Ryan Johnson's comments from the vanity fair, uh, article or not from the article, but what he told the writer of that article, how, you know, there's not going to be much or Snoke in the last Jedi. So I just think it's going to be the same situation from the force awakens, nothing new learned and nothing new. That's going to be that we're going to have questions on. It's going to be status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, obviously we still will see him at some point. Gold we'll probably see more of them. We just won't learn more. Of them. <laughs> yeah. Gold <laughs> pajamas or not. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how all that stuff pans out. Um, but you know, cool to start seeing some official images of some of this kind of stuff. Um, there was also a leaked picture of a toy, probably like one of those micro machines or something, um, that they do of like, you know, the little mini ships and stuff like that. Um, and this is, uh, what looks like Kylo Ren's personal ship from, uh, the force awake or sorry, from what he's going to have in the last Jedi. Um, and this is basically looking like the first order version of like Darth Vader's tie advanced or something like that. But this is looking, I don't know. It looks pretty sweet to me. Um, yeah, I think it was really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of like the ships and stuff like that. And this is like, I mean, it kind of looks like a first order tie interceptor. I mean, the wings definitely look tie yeah. interceptor esque with you know the sort of the first order tie fighter style with like the white panels and the black framing um but then the body of the ship in between definitely looks like uh darth vader's tie fighter where it's the sort of flat body that takes up a wider area and it's not just like the bubble cockpit with the two kind of spokes sticking out um and you can't actually see the cockpit from this image just by the angle it's kind of blocked by the wing but i think we've heard just rumors and you know descriptions and stuff that it's supposed to be almost kind of egg shaped so i imagine the cockpit almost like sticking out kind of further than you would normally expect like even on you know further than like on darth vader's tie fighter like it being kind of a more elongated um cockpit but that's just sort of my guess from um you know these descriptions and stuff that we've heard yeah, just even from the back, though, it just has a cool look to it. I mean, yeah, it's pretty much almost like a TIE Interceptor, but still, you, some of the descriptions you read to how, you know, some specific stuff that for Kylo's specifications that he asked for <laughs> the ship to be. So, again, going back to what we talked about on several episodes ago, how cool is this going to be to see Kylo Ren pilot a ship in The Last Jedi, knowing his family history and how important that should be to see <laughs> in a Star Wars movie, I think, when you think about his dad and grandfather, so... It's going to be awesome to see him fly a ship and hopefully just be as good as Vader was <laughs> in his tie advance. So hopefully wearing his mask too <laughs> while he's in the cockpit of that. Oh, you mean Kylo's mask, right? Yeah. Oh, I was like, why would he be wearing Vader's mask in oh, the cockpit yeah. <laughs> of his ship? Definitely um, his own. Yeah, no, that would be cool. Although, well, yeah, I don't know. Does he have to wear like a flight helmet or something? I would think so. Everyone else in the First Order is probably, and, you know, Darth Vader did it in New Hope. I mean, he had to because yeah. he had to survive where that would still just to kind of keep in that same pattern of, you know, having like your main villain character when he's flying a ship. Just have him be in the mask if he has one. <laughs> that yeah, we're familiar if, with. if he has one being the operative word there. I still think he's going to wear it just not going to be as much and maybe it'll only be when he's flying in this uh, new ship well no i mean i'm something. saying like i yeah obviously we're going to see him wear it at some point during the movie i'm just saying his scenes in the ship is it going to be before or after that shot in the trailer where the mask is smashed um but i guess we'll just have to see but again yeah this definitely looking like a cool ship and i can't wait to see some of that in action um and then we've been getting a bunch of leaked like images and sketches and stuff of these um, what they're calling new praetorian guards um and they're basically 
kind of Snoke's version of, uh, you know, Palpatine's sort of crimson royal guards, at least, you know, that's sort of what I'm taking away from this. And that's certainly the image that it's sort of evoking, I think. Um, but we've, I mean, there've been like a few different leaks from different sources and stuff. And the most recent one, um, this was today on, or not, wait, was this today? What's today? No, nah, yesterday, I guess. Um, but they've got this on uh, Star Wars Newsnet, um, and they've got some pictures from the movie that are on these, like, energy drink cans. Um, and, you know, you got the image of, of one of these guards, and I don't know, I think they look pretty cool. Although there's two different, like, red armored figures on here, and I don't know if those are, like, two different Praetorian guards, or and it looks like one of them could be a Knight of Ren or something like that. Um, but I don't know, maybe these guys sort of like the Knights of Ren, maybe just have different armor or something like that. Yeah, I'm getting really excited about these Praetorian guards and how they're going to look because uh, maybe Star Wars has posted some articles as far as, you know, descriptions of what they're going to look like. And they even had their own uh, sketches of what the possible designs could be. And when I heard that and read them, I was thinking, uh, looks like they might sound too much like the Imperial Royal Guards that Palpatine used and hoping for something more original, but with these leaked promotional images that we've gotten of them, I think they look drastically different <laughs> than the Imperial Royal Guards, and they just have a cool medieval knight feel to them, which mm -hmm. I just love those designs. So these are type of characters where, you know, I'm not expecting them to maybe have an action sequence, kind of like the Imperial Guard, just standing there whenever Snoke's around, but if they do have an action sequence, which I believe there is rumored to be one of them. I think that could be cool to see them in action too. Cause I mean, I don't know what weapons they're going to have to use, but if it's anything like medieval knight weapons, even if it's not, you know, energy based, like a lightsaber or stuff like a viral blade that can handle a lightsaber, even if it's just a plain old like broadsword or something that's made of steel. I think that could still be cool to see. Just have a cool medieval unique feel to these guards. And that would be something different for the last Jedi, which I think could be a, just another cool thing to add to Star Wars as far as armored character goes. <laughs> and you know how much I love those type of characters. So I'm getting excited to see these uh, Praetorian Guard, uh, just not necessarily in action, but to see them in the film and how they're actually going to look in motion. So I just can't wait till we get an actual still photo of them or if they pop up in a trailer down the line for The Last Jedi. I'm getting yeah. anxious to hopefully... I'm not going to put them on the level as far as being, you know, my Captain Phasma or the Death Troopers for The Last Jedi. Maybe if I actually see them in a trailer or something, they'll get me to that hype level. But right now, it's just kind of, you know, getting started. So we'll see where it goes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, they definitely are not on that level yet. But, you know, even if you don't get them in an action sequence in the movie, you'll probably get to play as them in Battlefront when you spawn uh -oh. on, you know, <laughs> have them spawn on Snoke as his royal guards. Uh, there we go. The second Battlefront reference after we talked about it. But yep. yet one that I think could be plausible, too. <laughs> you never know. Yep. Um, yeah, that actually would be pretty cool to see. But who knows? And again, if not at launch, there's always the DLC possibility. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I mean, all the Last Jedi stuff is going to be DLC anyways. Um, so never mind. But uh, yeah, we could definitely see them at some point. Um but yeah, I mean, it'd be cool, like you said, to to see how they end up being in the movie. I mean, comparing them to the original Royal Guards, I mean, it seems like even though they don't look exactly the same, it's definitely sort of evocative of like, they're going to be sort of in that sort of 
similar vein you know these are those similar type of characters and I mean like you said when I first sort of read the descriptions or saw like the sketches of these um I was like eh yeah you know Snoke's got red robed royal guards just like Palpatine moving on to the next thing um but now seeing these actual leaked images I'm like oh okay so they did do something a little different with these so that looks pretty cool yeah and then still on the same line of cool armor there's the other batch of leaked images or promotional art for The Last Jedi that had um, what I remember making Star Wars first um, putting out there as far as the Executioner Stormtrooper. And it looks like they were dead on again about that one because it has the same look and description as far as having like a, I don't know if it's like a red or orange, but like paint marking on the top of the helmet, kind of not quite going down the visor of it, but just like to the tip of it. But then he has this big like battle axe, look <laughs> some sort of energy like electricity going at the top of it, but I'd be curious to see these troopers in action too. And I think a uh, part of the report was they're going to be with Phasma. They're going to be kind of her squadron of troopers, maybe kind of similar to Krennic's death troopers. So these don't, these stormtroopers, you know, they kind of remind me a little bit of the sand trooper feel with their, you know, orange uh, shoulder guard that they usually have, but it looks like this is just uh, painted on the armor, but Still looks pretty cool, but I'm just more curious to see how they're going to use that weapon <laughs> with the big battle axe there. So. She's so mad at Finn for throwing her in the trash compactor that now she's coming after him with new elite stormtroopers that are going to beat him with hammers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're being rumored to be called the Executioner Stormtroopers. Maybe they're actually going to be called the Finn Executioner Stormtroopers. <laughs> because, yeah, Phasma just hates him so much for what he did to her. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you're talking about it being like a battle axe or something. I mean, just sort of my first impression from looking at this picture, I was like, that this dude looks like, you know, a stormtrooper cosplaying as Thor. Like, <laughs> it looks like he's just got a big freaking hammer there. Which, I mean, is kind of cool, but at the same time, it always, you know, you always got to sort of beg the question, like, well, okay, in this universe of, like, lasers and force powers and stuff, like, what good are you going to do with that? Um, but I'm sure that question will be answered in the movie. I just like the idea that a lot of these cool looking troopers and guards, I mean, the potential for some cool action sequences with all of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, hope, and Phasma leading the charge <laughs> with those executioner store troopers. So I'm excited to see them all in action. Yeah. And she's got her, uh, you Spear. know, pole arm thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe there'll be a, a much bigger focus on just melee combat in general. Mm-hmm. which I'd um, be all for. Yeah, maybe there'll be like a big ground battle between the Resistance and the First Order, and the First Order will like set off some big EMP weapon that just mm. disables everybody's blasters, and then both sides are like, oh, we got no guns now, what are we going to do? And the First Order pulls out all these swords and axes and stuff and rushes at him, and it's like, ha-ha, joke's on you. <laughs> that would be actually pretty cool. I would actually love to see that. Yeah, it'd be like lord of the rings in space Mm. (laughs) um but yeah i don't know definitely interesting to see you know where uh where they go from here i mean obviously you could kind of tell just from the force awakens there was sort of more of an emphasis on um sort of making the point that the first order stormtroopers had been trained in melee combat with uh finn being able to wield a lightsaber and fighting against uh was it nines or whatever the or TR8R as he's more commonly known probably um you know the guy with the stun baton and whatever um and so now it seems like they're just taking that idea and running with it 
Um, so that should be, you know, pretty cool to see just all these new type of weapons and troopers and stuff like that. And then lastly, for the Last Jedi stuff, um, and this is something that it seemed like for a few days, like everybody was talking about. I was seeing this on just like, you know, regular news sites and stuff like that, um, where everybody was chiming in on this. There's like a Japanese promotional pamphlet thing for the last Jedi that was going around and people translated it. And basically what it, the, the text translates to, uh, the most shocking truth in star Wars history will soon be revealed. A new generation's tale of the struggles of light and dark, virtue and evil has begun with the death of Han Solo. In a galaxy where First Order and the Resistance are fighting against each other in a war, the heroine Rey had the Force awakened within her. What will happen to the galaxy when Rey and the only remaining Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker meet? Kylo Ren has fallen to the dark side of the Force and killed his father Han Solo. As a, as a successor of his grandfather Darth Vader and a high-ranking enforcer in the First Order, where will his ambition lead him to? Furthermore, Kylo Ren's mother, the leader of the Resistance, Leia, Poe, Finn, and BB-8 will embark on a new mission. The story has finally begun and it will lead to a mysterious climax. Be ready for the shocking truth surpassing the previous stories. Um, which, I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> the synopsis for the movie that we already knew about. There's some marketing hype in there, but everybody's been taking this and running with it like, oh, the most shocking truth in Star Wars history. What could that be? Uh, I don't know. Maybe who Ray's parents are or why Luke wants to end the Jedi Order. Like there are already a bunch of questions about this movie that I'm sure we're going to be surprised when we find out the answer to. So there's nothing here that really strikes me as worth getting even more hyped up about. <laughs> I don't know, maybe too much exaggeration on that <laughs> translation part because, yeah, the most shocking truth that's ever for Star Wars, I don't know. <laughs> I think we've got that already in The Empire Strikes Back. Wow, this is probably going to be a surprise, the reveal of who Ray's parents are for a lot of people. I don't know what's going to be the most shocking truth ever in Star Wars. Maybe just exaggerate a little bit too much in that promotional material there in Japan. Yeah, most likely. Um, especially because of the fact that, like, you know, back in the day when Empire Strikes Back came out and it was revealed that Vader was Luke's father, nobody saw that coming. Um, you know, Empire isn't really... It's not a movie that, like kind of tells you from the get-go that there's some big secret to be revealed and then just kind of teases you along the way. It just kind of drops this bombshell on you at the end because, again, we all thought Luke's dad was dead because that's what Obi-Wan tells him in A New Hope. Um, and so it's, you know, it's not like you're waiting the whole movie for this question to be answered. And that's how The Last Jedi is going to be. So when we find out... Um, who Ray's parents are, or we find out what's going on with Snoke or what's going on with Luke and, you know, why he left and all that kind of stuff. Like, those are answers that we're expecting to get. And even if the answers surprise us and if it's, you know, if the actual revelation isn't what we're expecting or if it's revealed in a manner that we're not expecting, we're still expecting answers to questions. And I think that alone is going to not make it less of a surprise, but it's going to make it less of a surprise than, hey, guess what? Boom, out of nowhere, I'm your father. Yeah, it's not going to be as shocking when you don't expect anything like that to be revealed. So yeah, yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. We're expecting something 
surprising and you know to because we had these questions about ray since you know the force awakens came out which is going to be two years by the time we see the last jedi and so we're expecting those questions to be answered in this movie so it's not going to be a huge surprise when we get it maybe and that's the thing since a lot of people are expecting to get that information and have their own ideas as far as who you know ray is and her parents and where she comes from so it's going to be fans going to going to go into expecting the huge reveal and then be disappointed by it but then those who you know are going to be happy with the reveal that it's going to be so I, I, the word shocking is the wrong word i think to use when describing uh, what we're going to get in the last jedi as far as the big reveal because we know what's coming and maybe it'll be shocking for some people but when you're like us and a lot of other fans who just speculated on it for so much and come up with these crazy theories nothing's going to be shocking probably to us it'll be cool to get the reveal that's for sure but it might not necessarily be a huge surprise as far as what the reveal actually is and for it mm-hmm. to be the most shocking thing ever for Star Wars. Well, I still think they could surprise us. Like, I am I am kind of expecting something shocking. Um, and we debate so much about, you know, whether Rey is a Skywalker or a Solo, but, you know, I part of me kind of feels like the answer to that question is going to be something that, nobody has guessed yet um despite the fact that daisy ridley keeps saying that she thought it was obvious i'm like is she trolling us i don't know we don't need to go back into this whole discussion again but um you know just something about this whether it's regarding ray or whether it's regarding luke like i do think there will be some kind of surprise in here like even if it's just an answer to one of these questions that we already are expecting to get the answer to i think it's not just going to be like, oh, you can insert all these different theories here. And it's like, okay, well, this person had the right answer to this question. And this person had the right answer to this question. Um, you know, I think either just some of the some of the answers to those questions or the way that those answers are revealed are going to be things that, you know, we're not expecting yet. Well, I'll be glad if that happens where it's something totally unexpected that we had no idea coming. But right now, this is a part of me... I think that's going to be something we've heard about or speculated on before with all the different theories that are out there. So, But I'll be glad to be genuinely shocked and surprised once we do get that reveal. And I'll gladly give this promotional art credit for that if it ends up being right <laughs> or it is the most shocking truth ever revealed. But... Plagueis actually is Darth Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Snow- have- no, Snoke is. That would definitely be the most shocking truth ever. I will say that. <laughs> that Snoke happens. is Plagueis, who is Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. Um, but yeah, like I said, for now, I think that's just, that's marketing hype. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it as far as the Last Jedi stuff. Um, and I think, you know, obviously we went way deep on the speculation and stuff on our last episode with that. Um, and, you know, now we're just kind of sitting around waiting for uh, some more information or another trailer or, you know, some other big, you know, teaser rumor or something to drop. Um, but in the meantime, we can just keep chewing on this stuff and uh you know if we run out of last jedi theories we can always just go watch the battlefront trailer again that's what i've been doing <laughs> maybe we could even pull some more last jedi theories from the battlefront trailer in some <laughs> far-fetched way 
that would be hard to do. Especially I'm sure we since, could do it. <laughs> since there's no Last Jedi stuff in there. But what does that fight with Kylo Ren and Rey mean in Maskinata's castle? Are we going back there in The Last Jedi? I don't know. <laughs> we could pull something out of our heads. <laughs> that is true. Because <laughs> we be asked that about the lightsaber fight, fetched. and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> it could be ridiculous and far-fetched, but we could do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, we, we could fill another hour or two with just battlefront ramblings um but for now let's fill a little bit of time with some han solo movie talk um mostly we're just gonna be looking at some leaked images here um and probably not gonna spend a ton of time on this honestly just because i mean it's i don't want to say it's like not substantial but i mean a lot of these look pretty similar there have been a lot of leaked photos but not really anything to me anyway that reveals a lot about the story or um you know even like locations and stuff i mean if anything it looks like part of this movie will probably take place on tatooine because there's a lot of like desert looking stuff um and there's just a lot of photos of like speeders and vehicles and stuff like that that's kind of the bulk of what this all is um and there have been some rumors about um well actually not even just rumors but also i think there have been even some video clips too of um them filming scenes that look like they might be kind of like chase scenes or um like a race or something like that um now none of these vehicles look like pod racers but you know it could be some other kind of, um, I don't know, speeder racing thing, or even if it's not like an organized sport kind of racing, like pod racing was, it could just be kind of Han doing the equivalent of like street racing with somebody. Um, and you got some kind of interesting looking vehicle and speeder designs here. There's one that really stands out to me that looks like, um, and I've heard it described as different things, but to me, it, it looks like a combination of like a classic Cadillac or something and like a book, because the you know the speeder it's like rounded on one side and kind of indented on the other side that looks like the side of a book but then the front of it also kind of has like this classic car look to it i don't know it looks kind of cool um and obviously you see all these different speeders and things are rigged up on wheels that they're obviously going to just take out in post production um so yeah, I don't know. Again, really, not really much to go off of story-wise here, aside from the fact that we're going to see a lot of speeders. And there's also one thing that looks kind of like maybe an Imperial cargo transport or something, because you can see an Imperial logo on the back and, uh, you know, this guy driving it with, like, half Stormtrooper armor on. Um, so this could be something from, like, an Imperial base or something like that, but... Um, yeah, just a lot of cool, you know, vehicles and stuff, but I don't know, Tim, what'd you think of these? Yeah, as far as the vehicles, they're strange, because like you said, it's like a 1950s hot ride car with, you know, space engines on it. <laughs> it was like, we've seen a little bit of that in the tactical clumps with that, you know, taxi cab speeder that Anakin took to chase Sam Wessel. So I like that it's harkening back, you know, maybe paying a little homage to George Lucas and, you know, American Graffiti and how much he loves racing and those type of cars. So I think that's cool. But at the same time, it might feel just from these set images, because I think it'll look pretty cool once we see, you know, actual footage from the film. It seems a little strange for it to be in Star Wars. 
but at the same time, I think it's gonna work. It's kind of weird where I think it looks strange, but at the, but it's gonna work too. So, and like I said, these are just set images. I think once we see it in the actual movie, it's gonna be cool because I do like the homage they're paying there to Lucas. I think with kind of go into a 1950s drag race or speed race type sequence here with Han Solo, and even a few set pictures with Alden Ehrenreich in his Han Solo costume, where I like how there's, he's had like a black coat over his costume which i think he's just wearing for while he's on set but when he's filming it in the speeder it's almost like the reverse han solo costume that he usually wore in the original trilogy in the force awakens where his vest is white and his t-shirt is black so it's a little reversal there which i thought was kind of cool and then i know you were talking about the imperial transport which looks like there is a stormtrooper driving it i know there's been some videos out there too that i think making star wars had him where they actually showed the, the filming with the trooper on there with his helmet. It's kind of hard to see, but it kind of looks like a different variation of the scar- scout trooper armor and helmet. And from the distance, and even though it wasn't quite clear, I thought it looked pretty cool and made me just excited to see that new trooper armor in you know a full-scale image or footage that we'll probably get sometime next year. So it's even for the Han Solo movie... I'm getting excited for new possible trooper armor just from that <laughs> one uh, leaked image or leaked video of them filming with that new trooper. So I think it has the potential to have another unique but cool Stormtrooper armor in this movie too. So yeah, like you said, not too much to go off from with these as far as story aspects, ex- except besides the fact that it looks like there's going to be a racing sequence involving Imperials maybe. So yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting to see. At the same time, I thought it was strange but yet cool mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of weird it's definitely unique i mean we've been talking about wanting more unique vehicles and designs for the ships for the sequel trilogy it looks like uh, we're going to get that for the han solo film yeah and you know it'll probably look a lot less strange when you see it in the actual movie and it doesn't have wheels on it mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um and you know camera rigs on it and whatnot um but, yeah, I mean, like I said, we still don't really uh, have a whole lot to go on as far as the Han Solo movie goes at this point. But um, it's still enough to make me excited for it. Um, and it's following the same pattern as all the other sequel trilogy, or I shouldn't say just sequel trilogies, because it happened for Rogue One too. This new era of Star Wars film as far as getting leaked photos <laughs> from the set for everyone so far. And oh, yeah. For the Han Solo film. Yeah, I'm sure that's not going to stop anytime soon. You know, if there's one movie that people are going to be eager to, you know, try to get sneak peeks at and leak stuff and all that, it's going to be Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's for sure. There was even two, something like somebody was selling what was apparently, you know, concept designs and stuff from the movie. This stuff popped up on eBay. Um, and, you know, it's hard to, like, verify if this is official or not. But it's like, why would you, like work in the design department for a Star Wars movie and then just go and sell your stuff on eBay. I mean, I'm assuming, you know, maybe this got stolen or something like that because, like, you know they can track you down and sue your pants off, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, that was a little weird to see. There's some leaked concept art from the Han Solo film. I think it came out a little bit before the uh, leaked images. It was just these concept art and then the images came out. So, yeah, it was kind of like a steady pace of leaked Han Solo movie images and art that came out for for like almost a week or two. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, for all we know, this stuff that's on eBay, like it 
maybe they're selling it because it was, uh, you know, stuff that they know isn't actually going to make it into the uh, final cut of the movie. Um, because we know from just looking at the art books for like The Force Awakens and Rogue One that, you know, they go through way more iterations of, you know, different designs and things um, than, you know, what actually makes it into the movie. So, um, you know, concept art is not always sort of an accurate depiction of what the movie is actually going to look like. Yep, that's for sure. Although there is this cool, like, Imperial cargo transport thing that looks like basically a flying... AT-AT head with wings. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm just saying that now. Because most of these images, you know, it didn't get me too excited as far as anything that we could possibly see in the movie, but that last one of that ship, yeah, that was the one that, you know, once I see it again, it stood out as far as being the most unique and cool thing that could possibly end up being in the movie. Yeah, I'm just kind of like, oh, that's cool. And then there's also a design that looks like basically just the underbelly of an actual AT-AT and it's like, oh, well, maybe we'll see walkers in this movie, which, you know, wouldn't be a huge surprise because we know the Empire is going to be in it. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, you know, that stuff's out there floating around um, and, you know, we've got, um, I think you posted links to all those pages on our Twitter feed back when uh, that stuff actually leaked. So, um, and most of it is still up there obviously it hasn't been taken down yet because we can look at it right now so um, if you guys want to take a look at that for yourself that stuff's out there um just you know some cool little tidbits and things to go off of right now but um that movie's still well actually i was gonna say still a year and a half away but no that's only about a year away because under a year coming out in oh that's because it's coming out like may i was thinking you know next december um but hey if they stick with that release date then we should be starting to get a lot more you know teasers and leaks and things like that um in or the even official months. even official stuff i mean we might get a trailer and like i would think i'm just now this is where i'm curious if the trailer they're going to put it with the last jedi are they going to do it this time because i think we have to get a trailer by the end of this year for a movie that's coming out in may like the first yeah. teaser anyway so it's gonna yeah. be interesting if they put it with the last jedi or have it you know be the month before november or something yeah, I would... Th- well, yeah, it's going to either be with The Last Jedi or with... Uh, yeah, it could be with Thor Ragnarok, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think they... What they did with the... Or said during The Force Awakens leading up to that release, how they didn't want any you know sneak peeks at Rogue One or anything like that attached with it. They just want the focus to be on this current Star Wars movie. And I think they'll want it to be the same for The Last Jedi. Maybe get people excited for the Han Solo movie November, but then when it hits December, it's all about The Last Jedi again. Oh, well, I don't know, though, because if you're going to release a trailer before The Last Jedi comes out anyways, then, like, why would you not have it play in front of The Last Jedi? Because um, it's not like yeah. it's taking away anything from it story-wise or, you know, going to distract people or anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like how with... You know, every time you go see a Marvel movie, there's always a trailer for the next Marvel movie before it. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't take anything away from me when I see it. I mean, I'll be just excited to see the Han Solo movie when they show it and then just move right along to The Last Jedi. But I just think for some reason Lucasfilm thinks that way where, you know, just have all the attention just be on the Star Wars movie that's coming out that but at the same time, I don't know if they have the full decision as far as what trailer gets attached to what movies. I mean, some theaters can play it in front of it anyway. So, 
Yeah, it's almost like I don't know if they can do anything about it if they release it in November before the movie comes out. It might still get played before it, whether they want to or not. Yeah, but I think... Well, I don't know. I think they might have some control over that because just I've seen... Um, you know, images online of like when, um, I don't know, they like the trailers come in packages or whatever, and they, you know, they got certain trailers that they play before certain movies. And I've heard that there's like these regulations about, um, you know, studios being able to show their trailers before other studios' movies and stuff. And so, I mean, you definitely don't have like some kid sitting up you know, next to the projector in the movie theater screen going, okay, I guess we'll show this preview next. Like, you know, they, there's kind of some sort of order to it. Um, so yeah, that, I don't that, that always changes on depending what screening you go for the movie. Like when I see movies twice, like within the same week, I get a different batch of trailers on one screen and a different batch on another screening. So it's always like, there's usually, well, even then, some, I like to say there's usually like one trailer that you know you're gonna get, like the studio's next big movie. But even mm-hmm. that's been like hit and miss on some of my experiences with seeing these movies. So, so that's why I just think you never know unless they really do have full control if they want it shown with it or not. Yeah, I don't know, um, but I'm just you know if, if if they put out a trailer for a movie as big as Star Wars and then. You know, just I, I would have a hard time seeing them like not playing that in front of the Last Jedi if it was already out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, like you said, regardless, at some point we should be getting something fairly soon. Um, although I would say November is probably like the very earliest that we'll get a teaser, just because. Um, yeah, I think so too. You know, like yeah, I definitely would not expect to get like a teaser for it at San Diego Comic Con or something when. Yeah, they want to still put more of the focus on The Last Jedi right now. Um, but yeah, before the end of this year, like we should probably start seeing and hearing official stuff about it. Well, I can't wait for that. The I can't where, either. The day, because this is what I was hoping for with Rogue One, where a new Star Wars movie was just you know, a few months away, and you know, Han Solo is going to be that when The Last Jedi comes out. When we see The Last Jedi, we... Like we're just talking about might already know what to expect from the next Star Wars movie, which would just be six months away from that point. And I just can't wait to have that feeling of knowing a Star Wars movie. It's just right around the corner, right after I just saw the latest one. <laughs> That's going to be so crazy. Yeah. In the next like 11 months, we're getting two Star Wars movies and a new Battlefront game and a new season of Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> Living the good life. <laughs> life is good. Oh man, yes it is. Wow. Yeah. Have we ever mentioned it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan? <laughs> Not since our last episode. I think that's too long of a wait to say that. So, <laughs> oh, right man. to say it again. Yeah, definitely good stuff. Um, and good stuff if you're a comic fan as well, because um, we've also got a couple new Star Wars comics that were announced recently. Um, well, I say recently, it's been about a month now at this point. Um, and again, we just didn't get to cover this yet, but um, it was recently announced there's going to be a new Mace Windu comic series coming out um, this August. And uh, I think as cool as Mace Windu is, I think the most exciting prospect for me um, in this is, uh, I think, where is it? Oh, so the the title of this comic is called Star Wars Jedi of the Republic, 
uh, Mace Windu or something like that. Um, yeah. And just, you know, I don't know if this is going to be like a new ongoing series where they're going to focus on like one Jedi at a time, but I'm like, you know, Mace Windu is cool, but this could open up, you know, a whole new line of possibilities for comics about Kit Fisto and Ayla Sakura and Quinlan Voss and all those other fan favorite Jedi characters that people love. So, um, I think that could be really cool too. Um, especially with, I think, you know, this is, uh, yeah, all taking place during the Clone Wars. So, um, you know, more canon Clone Wars stories is never a bad thing. Nope, I 100% agree with you on what you just said about the title of the comic being Jedi of the Republic. I'm really hoping this is, you know, the first of a series of comics we're going to be getting based on a particular Jedi from the Republic. And yeah, that potential would be so, so cool. The one I really want to see the most would be Qui-Gon. I mean, I think Qui-Gon could sustain his own monthly ongoing series, honestly, because you can go into detail about his about him being an apprentice to Count Dooku, then him training Obi-Wan as a Padawan. There's so much story material to mine from, from Qui-Gon's history. So hopefully this one does good, and if we do get like a mini-series of Qui-Gon, that maybe leads to an ongoing, if that's really successful, because I would really love to get more canon Qui-Gon stories with the history he has that's left on Explore at this point. So yeah, I'm excited for this one. Like you said, Anytime we get more stories set in the prequel Clone Wars era, I mean, I'm all for it. So, yeah, I can't wait to get this one when it comes out in August. You know what I want to see from Qui-Gon? Him as a playable hero character in Battlefront 2 oh. on, <laughs> on feed fighting Darth Maul. There you like, go. <laughs> Yoda versus Maul? Yeah, that's cool. But let's have Qui-Gon and Maul duke it out in Battlefront. We've never seen that before. Oh man, yeah. I like I could just picture his introduction for when you pick him as a hero character, he's just sitting down meditating like he did in the Phantom Menace when he was blocked by the energy seal and he just calmly gets up and then just ignites that lightsaber and ready for battle in the game. Oh man, yeah, how cool would that be? And speaking of Duel of the Fates, can I was going to say okay, I promise this is the last time I'll bring up the Battlefront trailer in this episode, but that would probably be a lie. Um how cool was that music, though? Yeah, that. No, I'm glad you brought that up because I, that stood out to me right away when I saw it, and then been humming it ever since. <laughs> it just that interpretation and version of Duel of the Fates was just so cool and cleverly used in the Battlefront trailer. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, it was perfectly fitting. So anyway, back to the comics. Um, just the one other thing I was going to say about uh, just this cover image that uh, they've got in the article here. Um, something that I'm sure will be uh, something that will get people excited who are fans of Mace Windu. Because um, <laughs> people who are fans of Mace Windu and fans of the Clone Wars micro series. Because remember there was that little segment of it where it was focused on Mace Windu and he was just using the force like he looked like he was in freaking dragon ball z or something <laughs> pretty much throwing yeah. you know i don't know what they do in dragon ball z but like throwing force hadokens around just blowing battle droids apart <laughs> to kingdom come and you know it was one of those kind of like slightly ridiculously over the top cartoony kind of things like could he really do that? But this is what it kind of looks like on this image because you got Mace Windu kind of off in the background almost just doing a force push toward the camera and in the foreground is just scattered battle droid parts. <laughs> yeah, that's a good callback to that episode of the, of the micro series. And yeah, as someone who's a big Dragon Ball Z fan, that comparison is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> 
they do tons of stuff like that on DBZ. But seeing it in a Star Wars uh, show, it was, you know, I remember just being really, thinking that was really cool at the time. But then later on, they go, well, maybe it was a little too much because, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much they'd be able to pull that off, like if they ever decided to do that in live action during that time period. But, you know, if it's a little mild <laughs> version of that in the comic, where he's not taking out what look like millions of battle droids <laughs> surrounding him. I think a little, you know, homage to that could be cool just on a little smaller scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you talk about doing a live action version of that. And I just imagined, I'm like, well, in the cartoon, not only was he using the force, but he was also just like straight up punching holes in super battle droids. That's right. Yep. And then the first thing that popped into my mind is that clone trooper that tried to punch the battle droid in the Clone Wars movie. And then he just holds uh, his hand up like, <laughs> ow, and then he gets shot. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that wouldn't work too well. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, should be an interesting comic series that will hopefully lead to possibilities for more, you know, cool Jedi-led uh, comic series. Um, so definitely, you know, uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, <laughs> this uh, army of the – or, no, what is it called? The Jedi of the Republic comic. We will watch your career with great interest. <laughs> Yes, we will. Um, and then there's also a special one-shot comic uh, coming out that's a prequel to Rogue One. Um, and it's just titled Cassian and K2SO. Um, and it's going to be uh, kind of the story of how they first met. Um, I think that's the case, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. You know this comic stuff better than I do. But, um, yeah, yeah, I mean... It's a one shot, but it's also going to be an oversized issue where it's forty pages. Oh, so, see, that'll be nice. Yeah, so it should be a nice, you know, full story about how Cassian and K two uh, met up. Yeah, which should be cool because I got to say, pretty much all the Rogue One like books, young novels that have come out, they've all been really good. Now, I read Catalyst obviously before the movie came out, which I love. And then I read the Guardians of the Wills, uh, a junior novel. Which was it was short, but a pretty cool story about uh, Chirrut and Bays, and you know, kind of what they were doing before the events of the movie took place on Jeddah, and just gave you a better, you know, idea of what the situation on that planet was and how dire things were there. So it was cool to get more insight into what they dealt with on that planet. And then I'm still kind of at the beginning of Rebel Rising, the one about Jin. I'm about 110 pages in which I started two weeks ago, but I've been <laughs> super busy. I haven't gotten back to it, which I want to, because that was, this has been really good so far, that book. It picks up right where Saw rescues Jin and takes her, uh, once uh, Krennic takes uh, Galen Ursa with him. And the stuff between Saw and Jin is really, really good. It's, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it'll just give you a great appreciation for both characters. So I just can't wait to get back into it because I thought it started off really great and just made you care more about those characters. So, so far, all the Rogue One stuff has been killing it as far as the supplemental material goes. And it just makes me, you know, believe that the K2SO and Cassian comics going to do just the same and just give you more appreciation for the characters and what they had to go through before we see them in the movie. So I can't wait for that comic. Yeah. And I mean... Not to mention, like, it's got K2SO in it. That's It's got that going for it right off the bat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, good to know. I mean, I haven't been able to keep up with all those books and stuff as much. So, you know, good to know that uh, all those additional Rogue One stories have been, you know, really good. I definitely want to uh, check out at least Guardians of the Wills because, um, 
you know, just anything else about Chirrut and Bays and the Guardians of the Wills and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I'd love to explore kind of more of that uh, history and lore and everything. So um still want to check that out at some point but then also i mean i might pick up this comic too i kind of gave up on following along with the comics just because i'm not one of those comic reader guys that like will go to a comic shop every like all the time and pick up every issue and follow along with all this stuff um one of these days i'm just gonna like go on a shopping spree and just buy like two hundred dollars worth of trade paperbacks and do some (laughs) binge reading but um, in the meantime, you know, for just a one shot thing, I mean, part of me is like, oh, it's only a one shot. That's too bad. They can't like have more to the story. But at the same time, I'm like, but that's something that I could actually just go and buy and read that one issue and enjoy it. So maybe I will do that. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of good stuff to look forward to with the comics coming up in the K2SO and casting and the Captain Phasma one. Then I wish I could tell you how good the Darth Vader comic is because it came out last week, but I just picked it up today <laughs> a week later. It's been couldn't get to my comic shop the last few weeks. So I finally got it today. I haven't read it yet, but I've heard good things about it. So I'm anxious to dive into that one. Cause that was probably the most excited and anticipated comic I've had for this year. Yeah, one, so. that's true. I might have to check that one out too. I haven't actually, I don't know if I've heard anything about it since it came out, but I was hearing a lot of, you know, sort of positive hype and stuff about it before it came out. So um, let me know how that one is. And that I, I might add it to my list of, you know, future trades to buy or maybe even pick up an issue or two. Yeah, if it's as good as I'm expecting it to be, I'll definitely tell you if you should buy the first issue right away. <laughs> well, I will await your report. Yeah, I want to say I'll read it right after this podcast, but looking at the time it'll probably be tomorrow <laughs> when i read it so i'll let you know tomorrow <laughs> yeah well we are just about done here um i think that's pretty much all the news except one last little tidbit um this was coming from uh dave filoni it was his birthday recently um and this was on june 7th and this was something that he shared on his uh, social media channels you know we talked about uh back when the rebels trailer came out at celebration you know all this speculation i think it was on that episode we talked about all the speculation about you know ahsoka and how she's gonna supposedly be coming back this season and then this fan theory that that big wolf that we saw ezra riding on in the trailer was somehow you know ahsoka's spirit you know being embodied in this wolf and stuff and dave filoni just posted one of his uh sketches that he does and it's a picture of Ahsoka and uh, the wolf and one of the, um, what do you call them, Converies. Um, and he's got labels pointing to each one of them. And it says uh, wolf, owl, and then there's just a box pointing to Ahsoka that says not the wolf. Um, <laughs> so I guess that answers that question. Yeah, sadly, I guess it does. Unless he's trolling us, but I don't think... Which Dave is always that. a possibility, <laughs> but I also don't think Dave would just straight up lie to us. No, he, he plays coy a lot and doesn't answer things, but he never actively says something when it's not true. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought always thought that was a cool theory going into it, but if you notice that on the convery, it just says Al, and it doesn't say not the wolf and the owl. Next exactly, I was going to say, it says not the wolf, it doesn't say not the owl. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe he's telling us two things here. Not the wolf, but definitely the Convery. <laughs> Possibly. 
he's at least leaving that door cracked open. Yep. Um, regardless of, you know, what, you know, that theory is laid to rest for sure or not, it's just an awesome piece by Dave Filoni. I love his art style. It's just really cool to see Ahsoka on that wolf right there. Yeah. And, I mean, let's be honest. Is the theory really put to rest until we've actually seen it one way or the other in the actual episode? No, it's not. Not for Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. You know us in our playest theories. I know. Even <laughs> if it is shown that it's not the wolf in the actual episode, there'll still be some of us Star Wars fans who will try to give reasons. Well, actually, it don't fit me because of this and that. Yeah, we'll see. Do we have a um, premiere date for season four of Rebels? No, not yet. Well, we should hurry up and get one. I think we should probably get one soon. Probably maybe July we should get one. Definitely by August. I think. Yeah. Because you know it's still... you know probably going to be airing like September or October at the latest. Yeah, and still want to get a release date for the season three Blu-ray too. Oh yeah. We'll probably get that first, I would imagine. Well, at least we have a release date for Battlefront 2. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, in case anybody's wondering, I don't think we actually mentioned that. Um, you would think I'd have it memorized, but I'm looking for it on the post here. I just know it's November, I want to say like seven, yeah, 17th. There we go. And that is a Friday, so. <laughs> the last one came out on... Wait, like, that's a Wednesday. Friday? November 17th is a Friday, yep. That's odd. Some games do come out on Fridays. It wouldn't be the first, so. Huh. I guess I thought they, like, all came out on Tuesdays. That just seems to be, like, the big release day for everything these days. Yeah. Aside from movies. Like, movies always come out on Fridays. Or some come out on Wednesdays for some reason. But that's usually, like, before holiday weekends or something like that. Um, But, yeah, it seems like with... Music switched to Fridays, I know, like a year or two ago oh really mm-hmm. oh see i guess yeah i thought like i i still thought games and music and all that stuff always came out on tuesdays i never understood why it came out on tuesdays but i thought that was still the thing yeah <laughs> right now it's still like home movie releases are still on tuesdays and games it fluctuates some of it's tuesday some are fridays and i know nintendo sometimes releases their stuff on sundays so well you know what i think too for um Maybe part of the reason they did it on Friday for Battlefront. This is actually... So, here we go. We're going back to the beginning and bringing this full circle. We'll end on some Battlefront news that I forgot to mention. Um, They they announced, and not surprisingly, but there will be a a multiplayer beta for this game um, at some point this fall. But if you pre-order the game, you get access to the beta early and i think you also get early access to the game itself um i could be mistaken on that let's see maybe it's through like that ea uh, i forget the exact name for it but they do have a like a down like an app type thing where you subscribe to where you can play some games early i believe it's like ea play yeah no i think it's called ea access or something like that yeah ea access okay um you know give me one second here i'm just gonna look this up on the battlefront 2 website because i was reading an article on ign.com and they were only talking about the beta but i thought i had seen this for um the battlefront 2 game as well because i think they've got 
um oh yeah it's like the elite trooper edition or something like that oh the battlefront 2 uh elite trooper deluxe edition um and see here on the battle no on the battlefront 2 website it's got the release date listed as november 14th but i think that might be because if you get the if you get the elite trooper edition or whatever and you pre-order that you might get it like three days early Okay. Yeah, now I'm. But you just get it early. It's not like through that EA access or anything. It just says the 14th. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go. No, on the just so it also does have that. Um, If you're a member of this EA access program, or it says try Star Wars Battlefront 2 starting November 9th when you join EA access on Xbox One or Origin access on PC, Um, and your progress carries over to the full game if you decide to buy. Oh, okay. Um, but when you pre-order, yeah, so it, it actually has two different things here. The release date for the standard edition is listed as November 17th, and the release date for the deluxe edition is listed as November 14th. So I think, oh yeah, here we go. I, somehow I skipped right over this when it's listing like the bonuses for, um, for this Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition, which runs you 80 bucks instead of the normal 60. Um, it's got, you know, a bunch of extra, like, upgraded star cards and stuff that come with the game, but then also it's access to play Star Wars Battlefront 2 on November 14th, a three-day head start. Um, so I think that's probably part of why they did that. It's like... You know, on Tuesday, which might be the normal release day, that's when, like, the early access starts and then everybody else gets it on Friday. Um, Now, my question is, if I get the, if you get the deluxe edition, like, for Xbox and you get, like, a physical copy, how do you get to play it three days early? You know, they just ship it to you earlier. Maybe they know when you buy that one, they know to ship it to you on, by November 14th. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's just like a download or something. I don't know. I'll find out how all that works. Surprisingly, I haven't pre-ordered it yet. Um, Me too. (laughs) All this hype we're talking about, we haven't pre-ordered it yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's partially just because, I mean, I'm not in a huge rush because, like, it doesn't come out till November. I'm obviously going to pre-order it sometime between now and then. I also probably will be moving at some point this year, and so I'm like, I might want to wait to, you know, make sure I put in the right shipping address. Um, I should say, too, I know that for some games, there's, like, these deluxe editions. Sometimes they're, like, digital-only deluxe editions, where some of those features, you can only get it by buying it digitally. So I'm wondering if to get it on the 14th, if it's digital-only. Does it say that anywhere from what you're looking at? It doesn't from what I'm looking at. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's just called the... Battlefront 2 Elite Trooper Deluxe Edition. It doesn't say anything about digital only. Well, yeah, then that would make me to think if it says it's coming out on the 14th, and you should get your physical copy on that day, too. Yeah. So, anyway, so if you pre order the Deluxe Edition, you get the game three days early. And if you pre order either edition, you get access to the beta through, or I don't know about if it's three days early, but early by some undisclosed amount of time. Um,. So, yeah, if you're as excited about this game as we are, go ahead and 
pre-ordered if you want to play early or whatever. Um, also, if you're on, uh, if especially if you're going to be playing this on Xbox One, you know, hit us up on Twitter or something um, with your gamer tag, and uh, you know, let's squad up. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the fact of you know you get to spawn in squads now, and you get bonus points for like sticking with your squads and stuff this game looks freaking awesome yeah it's gonna be really cool <laughs> yeah and you know what too like the just with the classes and the multiple eras and stuff like in a way like it feels worthy of the title of star wars battlefront 2 mm. you know like it, it it's i mean the last battlefront game um, which don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. I was just playing it again the other night, obviously, cause I was so excited for the new one. Um, but it, you know, it feels like kind of a, a progression of the franchise or just them doing, you know, something new, something different. Um, and the fact that it's just so focused on just the original trilogy and, um, you know, like the limited number of maps and the gameplay is different and whatever, like it doesn't really feel like, Oh, this is, the same battlefront i grew up with it's just like okay cool this is a new different battlefront game um and yet with this one it feels like a, a progression it feels like a big step forward like they're doing a lot more new stuff and at the same time going back to what people loved about the classic battlefront games and so yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like it feels like the best of both worlds, really. Yeah, yeah. It feels like a a continuation of a reboot, and at the same time, almost like a remake of the original Star Wars Battlefront Two. So I am super excited. If you couldn't already tell, I'm probably <laughs> you know that, that's probably the understatement of the century right there. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not that you're excited. You're just super excited, <laughs> beyond excited. Yeah. Oh, like the superlatives you could use for that to describe that. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up here. We've covered all the news stories we've got to cover. Um, I want to go to bed before I just come up with more excuses to just keep talking about Battlefront because I will <laughs> do that all night. Uh, but before we wrap up here, uh, Tim, you're our social media guy. Uh, what did our listeners have to say about uh, Battlefront 2 and all this other cool stuff we've been talking about? Well, I'm glad to say we're not the only ones super excited about Battlefronts because <laughs> all the responses we got, like a lot of people are excited about this game. So first off on Twitter, um, from Paul J at JJ Farms 31 he says, a prequel heavy trailer, I love it. And Joseph Golden at CCStar1138 says, I'm loving all the prequel content that is being shown for Star Wars Battlefront 2, and the single-player story mode really intrigues me. And then on Facebook, we got a couple of comments. Uh, first off, from our friend Joey Letson. He says, I was already excited for the single-player campaign, but the battle droids and clothes put me over the top. I can't wait. And then Brian V. Klein says, simply put, looks criffin' awesome. <laughs> and then uh, Jeffrey Fishbox says, um, he doesn't have a gaming system, and he really doesn't play video games, but it looks awesome. I mean, Jeffrey, even though you don't play games, uh, feel free to geek out with us on all the trailers and clips released for it, because it's hard to deny how amazing this game looks, whether uh, you're a gamer or not. Just as a Star Wars fan, I just think, yeah, just cannot get excited for how cool it looks. So, yeah, pretty much definitely everyone is on the same page as far as uh, the followers and listeners we interact with on social media. So that's cool. Speaking but, of which, did you see the clip on Twitter of the guy playing as Darth Maul 
and the Naboo starfighter like flies overhead and it's like oh, flying yeah. low to the ground doing the <laughs> strafing run. And he freaking throws the double bladed lightsaber straight up in the air, like slicing the Naboo starfighter in half. And yeah, it was I, just like. I, I saw you tweet that out, actually. That's when I first saw it. I was oh, like, yeah, oh, that's man. right. First, I thought. First thing I thought of was, you know what? I think Kyle's gonna do that in the game, <laughs> whether I'm in that ship or not. <laughs> He's gonna take down a ship with like Darth Maul's lightsaber. That's gonna happen because you take out plenty of ships just with your sniper rifle. Well, yeah. See, time, I but. I take out ships with my sniper rifle, but I mean, I don't even get to play as heroes enough to, you know, try to take it down with a saber throw or something. Yeah, well, it's another thing to try to achieve when you play Battlefront too. Taking yeah. down ships with Darth Maul's lightsaber. Yeah, that'll that'll have to uh, make it onto my list of you know my to do list now. Yeah, <laughs> but then also uh, we got a few responses from our last episode that we put out. Um, Paul J uh, again chimes in saying uh, regarding the trilogies on like future Star Wars movies that we're talking about on our last episode he says they can do trilogies without making them numbered episodes like say a mandalorian war trilogy and jesus yes <laughs> they're looking for star wars stories to tell once they're done with uh, the saga films i mean yeah mandalorian war between them and the jedi yeah that's got to be a trilogy <laughs> yeah. Seems like I mean, we don't know what's involved with that just yet but there would be plenty to cover a trilogy, I would think, if they're going to mine from that era. It would just be so cool. So, Well, and again, that's the kind of thing that I would love to see in a Netflix series, too. Because, um, I mean, we don't know what they're going for in terms of, like, these these new stories and sort of the rebooted canon and everything. But, um, I mean, the Mandalorian War in the Old Republic era that, you know, tied right into sort of the Knights of the Old Republic storyline. So that could just kind of be an ongoing, continuous, you know, Old Republic sort of anthology type mm -hmm. series um but yeah i mean but either way, either way. whether it's a, a trilogy <laughs> or a whole series or something just yeah give me more of that mandalorians and jedi yes please did you see that pre vizsla versus darth maul fight <laughs> <laughs> and even in that little animated sequence we got in rebels where uh, sabine was being told that story from fen Rao about the war that they had and how they got the dark saber I mean, that was just, that little sequence was just the tip of the iceberg for what cool stuff can be told in a Mandalorian war trilogy or series or whatever. Yeah, you took the words right out right out of my mouth. Whatever they decide to do, let's just have it because mm -hmm. <laughs> it would be cool. And then also we got a Twitter message from Caleb Clegane, if I'm saying the name right. Um, no, you said it like the guy from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're right. That's probably why he's not the it. hound <laughs> or the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I like how that name sounds, Clegane, though. That's probably why I said it. So if it's Clegan, Clegane, uh, I'm sorry, Caleb, for butchering it. But uh, his Twitter handle is at Caleb uh, Clegane5. You Clegane did it five. again. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay. I don't know how to pronounce it either. I'm just sitting back and letting you do it. Um, yeah, you're just letting me butcher it. So, <laughs> But yeah, he said this a nice uh, face or Twitter message telling us how much he likes the podcast and how he's been listening to it and enjoying it. So we appreciate that, Caleb. And Kyle, you actually, because Caleb is in a band, and you actually heard of his band and seen him perform. Or, no, you haven't seen him perform, but you've heard some of his songs. Yeah, yeah. No, this is actually, it was really cool to uh, hear from Caleb. Um, first of all, you know, just, uh, you know, we thanked him for, you know, his positive comments on our show and chiming in on, you know, all our theories about Ray's parents and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then he just happened to say, 
Um, he says, anyway, I love your podcast so much. I play guitar for a band named We Are Messengers. And last year we were driving a 15 passenger van to every show. And some of the drives were really long and really late at night. Um, and I decided to get into podcasts and naturally Star Wars was the first thing I looked up. Um, and your podcast is not only my first Star Wars podcast, but my first podcast I've ever listened to. Um, and you know, it's really cool to, I mean, I love hearing those kind of stories from people. Um, cause you know, we definitely don't try to be like the, the biggest or fanciest Star Wars podcast out there with, you know, the interviews and the celebrity guests and the super high production values and all that kind of stuff. You know, we're just two dudes talking Star Wars and, you know, going over some news and throwing out theories and speculation and geeking the heck out over Battlefront trailers and stuff like that. Um, but anytime we get a story from somebody who's like, you know, just happened to stumble onto ours and, you know, really took a liking to it, like, you know, that's always really nice to hear because I'm like, cool, I'm glad somebody enjoys listening to us as much as we love just rambling on and, you know, having all these fun Star Wars discussions. Um, but also when I saw that message from Caleb, I was like, wait, that name of that band sounds familiar. Um, and sure enough, like, it's a, they're a Christian band, and I actually uh, sing with the band at my church and, you know, listen to some Christian music on the radio and stuff like that. Um, and so I had heard a song by these guys, and, uh, you know, actually Caleb and I, we kept messaging each other long into the week, and now we've been, you know, texting and chatting. And um, he also told me he was super excited for Battlefront, and we were kind of geeking out about that too. So, um yeah, that was really cool. And, you know, Caleb, thanks again for, for messaging us. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we could, uh, you know, chat. And, you know, I enjoy your music. You enjoy our podcast. So it's, you know, it was just a really cool uh, connection to make there. Um, and then also he, I, at the end of his message here, he said, but I still don't see how Attack of the Clones can be anyone's favorite movie. Which, yeah. in your defense, Tim, <laughs> you didn't say it was your favorite movie, just that you liked it better than Return of the Jedi, which, as much as I love the clones just like you do, I still think that's blasphemy. Yeah. But <laughs> I know that is true. I never said it was my favorite, but even though, yeah, saying I enjoy it more than Return of the Jedi, I know that causes a lot of Star Wars fans probably to cringe <laughs> when they hear it. But hey, I can't help but enjoy it the way I do. So, <laughs> but yeah. See, the problem is not you enjoying it the way you do. The problem is you need to re enjoy Return of the Jedi more. <laughs> Certain parts I definitely do. Like I said, that final sequence with Vader, Luke, and the Emperor. Emperor, that's as good as it gets with Star Wars right there. So, like, I'm yeah, that whole sequence that. is better than Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the full movie, though. It's not the full movie. But. One last thing regarding the Caleb's message, and he said a funny story about how um, he met someone who, you know, during Celebration Orlando got to meet George Lucas, and he wasn't able to go to Celebration, but um, he was saying how this person got to meet George Lucas but never saw Star Wars. <laughs> and I could just imagine, <sighs> like, how frustrating that, or actually, like, how cool that is for that person to meet Lucas, but at the same time, frustrating for a diehard fan <laughs> to not get the chance to meet Lucas when they could have. But that's someone who hasn't seen the movies got to. So. Yeah, that is, oh, that is just, that's wrong. That's a disturbance in the force. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said they were, like, at a restaurant and it was, you know, like their waitress or somebody just happened to tell them the story about how she had met George Lucas because he was there for celebration. And she, I guess, knew who he was and, you know, obviously, like, knew of Star Wars. And probably, I'm I'm assuming, if she's never seen Star Wars, like, 
Lucas probably walked in and her co-worker probably nudged her and went, oh my gosh, that's George Lucas. Who's that? He's the guy that made Star Wars. Oh, cool. I should go get a selfie with him and post it on my Instagram. And, you know, the rest of us Star Wars fans are sitting here going, are you serious? Like, that could have been me? You just got a picture with some famous guy that you're not going to appreciate or, you know, recognize the importance of? Yeah. Just wrong, man. That's just wrong. It kind of reminded me of, it was a little different circumstances, but it reminded me of a story of something that happened with my cousin. It was during the special edition premiere, like back in 97, where they were having the premiere in Westwood, uh, Hollywood, where uh, my cousin was in that area and she saw George Lucas. There was nobody around him. And he thought, you know, like most fans were doing that time, you know, we're going to go up to him and give him an autograph. And he was kind of like waiting for her to go up to him and like, yeah, okay, I'll sign whatever. But she kind of had a puzzled look on her face. Like, she didn't know who he was and had oh no idea gosh. what was going on. So, like, George Luke was just waiting there. So, like, come on, no, you, you could say hi, I'll sign something. But she never did because she had no idea who he was. And oh. I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, how did she find out afterwards who he was? Because she realized that the, there was a premiere for Star Wars, the special edition, what was all going on there. And then when she kind of described what the guy looked like, it was like, oh, it's Luke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's even worse than Caleb's story. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I kind of feel your pain, Caleb, when it comes to potential beauties with George Lucas. <laughs> oh, no, Tim, but, like, your story just hurt my soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your cousin is breaking my heart and going down a path I can't follow. Because how often would, let alone see George Lucas, but not have a bunch of people like waiting to meet meet him or say hello or whatnot. He was just there alone waiting for my cousin to go up and say hi, but she just walked away. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like not everybody knows who George Lucas is. Like, you know... I mean, if I were famous or whatever, I wouldn't just, like, stand around waiting for people like, oh, you must know who I am. You want an autograph, right? But, I mean, yeah, if she's standing there looking at him, I would probably be like, uh, are, are you, like, looking at me because you recognize me? Are you looking for an autograph? Like, come on, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? it was kind of that situation. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, my me when I think about gosh. That. <laughs> yeah, but, like, again, you know, when it's your cousin and you're such a big Star Wars fan, it's like, I could have been there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, not the proudest moment for my family. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's sad. I need something to cheer me up before the end of the episode now. Tell me something about Battlefront 2. <laughs> <laughs> How about George Lucas as a playable hero? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, Well, he does have his character from Revenge of the Sith and the Clone Wars. uh, Oh, yeah. You you put him in there. (laughs) Yeah. Not that I would actually want to play as that guy. No, I actually, if, heck, if they're going to put George Lucas in as a character, have it just be regular George, not Baron Papanoida. Yeah, I would rather have that too. (laughs) Yeah, have him have, like, no weapon and just his special ability is 
you know, he, he pulls out like a pen and a script and starts writing and then like an army of Gungans comes and wipes you out or something. <laughs> All the things people complain about uh, Lucas and some of his decisions, have that be his weapons and special moves in the game. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Wipe everyone out. If, awesome. if he could be like an Imperial character and if he runs into Han Solo, he like turns into Greedo and shoots first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had some crazy... Uh, theories or hopes that we see in Battlefront 2, but I don't think this one's going to make the cut. <laughs> uh, no. No, and I am perfectly okay with that. This one can just stay in the realm of uh, end-of-the-episode ramblings. Yeah, that's what we usually say our most crazy things ever. But... Exactly. <laughs> so on that note, um, let's just go ahead and wrap this up, shall we, before we get into even weirder territory. Yeah, we better do it while we still can. Yeah, you, you've heard people talk about what they call like the weird section of YouTube, which is uh, like, yeah, it's like the the really weird stuff that you know you only find late at night when you like have clicked on something in the related videos section, like for ten different videos, and it daisy chains until you're watching like cats talking in Japanese on an airplane flying underwater or something like that. And it's just like, how the heck did I get here? That's like the conversations that we have at the end of these episodes sometimes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the weird section of the saga continues where we talk about George Lucas as a playable hero in battlefront. Usually at the three to four hour mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're just about approaching three hours right now. So there you go. We're, we're getting into weird territory. Um, but we are going to wrap up before we, uh, veer too far off the rails here. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you're as excited about star Wars and battlefront two and the last Jedi and all this good stuff as we are. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at star Wars TSC. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash star Wars. The saga continues. You can check out our website, which is star Wars TSC.com. And you can send us email at star Wars. TSC at gmail.com and you know feel free to reach out to us on any of those platforms and send us your thoughts your questions your comments Um, geek out with us about Star Wars you know share any weird random theories you got you know we love to uh, just get in touch with you guys and um, you know share all our love for all this kind of stuff so um, thanks to all you guys who you know chimed in on this episode and uh, you know shared your commentary and stuff with us As always, you know, we say it time and time again. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Lots of awesome stuff going on. So I'm sure we'll be back soon enough with another new episode to uh, talk some more Star Wars. Until then, we will see you guys next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. 